Hot diggity damn, we are in Korea. Well, at least I am. I'm in a hotel. There's, we're using hotel Wi-Fi. Who knows what's going to happen on this show? But Worlds is starting in just a couple hours. I'm going to go over there. For everybody else, you guys are getting ready to sleep. I'll be spoiling you on YouTube with all the interview titles. It's going to be great. It's Hotline League episode 48. We got Fox Drop here. All that and more coming right up. And this is normally whenever a sponsor thing would, would show, but where it's a mystery sponsor, we don't have those assets yet. So just know that this show is sponsored by a mystery sponsor. Here we go. All right. So on the show tonight, uh, first off, let me go ahead and introduce my co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Uh, good. Uh, as you can probably guess by the fact that I'm doing the show right before Worlds starts, I'm not on the desk today. Okay. But you will be on the yeah. desk in the future. I will be on the desk uh, in the coming days, but okay. they're starting out with the heavy hitters Okay, from each region. Very good. Well, uh, excited to see you on the show, on the desk eventually. And I just want to say that I think that you are a heavy hitter, and I'm disappointed that Riot doesn't view you that way. Um so they, just, that was not their words to be to be clear. <laughs> they said they said, sorry, you're not a heavy hitter. You can stay at home. Um Mark, maybe if you had a hundred thousand Twitter followers, you would make it, but you yeah. don't. Next up, um, and added just thirty minutes before the start of the broadcast because he came into Twitch <laughs> chat and was crying about it. Kelby Mays on the show. How's it going, Kelby? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad that I could uh, make a return the night before or hours before Peter plays. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll be talking. It is a very, it's going to be a very Peter episode. It's going to be basically Peter and whatever Foxtrop yeah. says about Europe. So that's the show. Looking forward to I it. Caps. <laughs> glad glad yeah. to have you here. Um, but yeah, as always, uh, uh, Kelby here. Thank you. We, it's a special episode because we've only done this once before where we've had Kelby, but then we've also had a guest. And now we have Foxtrop. Welcome to the show, Foxtrop. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be up at 4 a.m. to talk League of Legends. Yeah, I was going to ask you what time it is. Um, were you planning on being up at this time regardless? Not really, but I am a YouTuber, so close to still being awake. Okay. But hey, it's all good. I'm only up like two hours later than I should be. Yeah, so, but are you going to sleep before Worlds or what happened? How are you handling this? Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Like, because Worlds starts, it's been starting <clears throat> about, I think um, G2 played their series in the play ins, the knockout stages. It's like 4 a.m. Jesus. And. That's like that's just, that's the gamer's sweet spot where you've just gone to bed and you certainly ain't going to be getting up at four a.m. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a bit of a struggle. So, I appreciate I your dedication though, man. I yeah. can tell you're I'm, hardcore, dude, and I respect I'm, that to a massive degree. I'm trying. I'm absolutely trying. But I, I'll tell you, vods are very helpful during this. Uh, stage of work. See, I hate watching VODs. Uh, that's why I'm somewhat surprised yeah. when people talk about spoilers, is that it just feels really bad. Um, I turn I, I turn Foxdrop up a ton. I'll do it even more, guys. I don't know why he's so quiet for you, because he sounds loud to me. But uh, Foxdrop, this is the first time you have ever appeared in a piece of my content, I believe, or unless I'm incorrect. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, unless you count the selfie I took with you, 2015 Worlds at the uh, Hilton... Hotel. Yes. Well, I. Uh, you probably don't remember that because you are absolutely wankered. I <laughs> wankered. <laughs> this is gonna be such a good episode. Wait, which which stop? So which which stop of worlds was it? Uh, London. Obviously. Okay. It was. And uh, I was drunk fun. in London. Yeah, we, there was the. Uh, at the ho- I think I'm you pretty were sure wankered, it was a hotel, Travis. Right? 
I mean, I no, no I was staying. I was staying in an Airbnb, but I was probably at the Hilton hanging out with people right. next to the venue. Exactly, and that's that's right, and that exactly yeah. that's where you were, and that's where you had you know engross yourself in the revelries as as you do. Yes, as and, I do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there there it is. It's just you know. Well, well, do you Can want I ask to ask you a question go about? Ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no go, Kelly. No, I was just going to say. So I I said I said wankered. But then you actually made an interesting comment that made me think about this further. So because like you wouldn't you wouldn't call Travis a wanker, but is wanker then a term that means that you're an obnoxious drunk? No, wanker is just generally a term for being drunk, honestly. OK, it's it's not really a comment on the person. you know. OK, have, but do it's, you have it's a, funny how they're kind of related in that regard. Though. It is because, you know, if you call someone a wanker, I mean, in, in, in English, you can just. The banter is always on the cards, right? I could right. call Travis a wanker, which would right. mean, by definition, he is obnoxious, bit of a knob, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could say it rather endearingly as well, and he could absolutely not be obnoxious or a bit of a knob. So, sure. you know. Fantastic. I'm going to need you to, every time you use an English term, to give a similarly detailed breakdown. Do you want to yes. know what's funny, actually? Here's, here's a little story from, from the EULCS. Before Ender came on, right, He he's the resident, like the new NA boy, right? Before yeah. he joined the broadcast, um, because I'd worked with Quickshot uh, and Medic and Pyra on EU Masters before coming to LCS. That's where they kind of decided to like, oh, this guy's cool. Let's bring him on to LCS. Uh, they actually had a little sit down with Ender and said to him, okay, these are the words this, this man might use. And this is what they mean. <laughs> Legitimately, they you they had a little, like, yeah, seriously, I'm, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. Quickshot told me they, that they did this. <laughs> They legitimately gave a little breakdown for him of some of the words I might use and, and, and what those words mean. Nice. Do you, how common are English words for the rest of Europe to like understand? Is this just strictly an American problem or is like an Italian not going to know what the fuck you're saying either? It's probably the same thing, honestly. It's probably, they, they probably struggle as much. But this is, this is the thing is like, how do I strike the balance between, I'm just going to say these words anyway because these are the words I'm used to saying and you know, do these guys even know what I'm talking about at this point? And then there's the other side where people don't even care what I'm saying. Like, oh, he said a funny word. It's just, oh, peep, peep, cheerio. This I'll be honest, so I heard he was a wanker. Yeah, like, didn't exactly know what it meant, but kind of assumed. So yeah. You never need to apologize for speaking proper English, all right? We we are all in the wrong here, so. <laughs> That's it, true. I mean, it's my language, fellas. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> so. let's, let's just lay that one down. You, you get to define what is and isn't, all right? So. Yeah. Well, uh, I like the fox drop bingo sheet, given all, like the little words he uses. Given that this is the first time that you are in in my content, do you want to introduce yourself and explain your background and sort of your your whole story uh, in less than an hour? Less than an hour, I think. <laughs> that's, that's a quite a generous time frame. I don't yeah. think I need fifty five minutes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll aim for the fifty five. Well, we're still we're uh, still building uh, building audience, so that's you know. Okay, okay, okay. That's fair. Yeah. Right, I'll waffle on a little bit. I know, I know what that's like. You, you get you get the rubbish in the first two three minutes, and then yeah. once you hit the ten ten minute marks, and you can stick the, the vod on YouTube and put it in the mid roller. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly. That's the strategy. No, <laughs> this, this is even further back. This no. is like what is it, twenty twelve era YouTube, where you just wanted like fat length. Yeah. Well, first, first it was about like virility, and then there was a period of time yeah. where it was just about like let's plays for six hours, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yes. We're in the let's play okay. era. Good. Yeah. It, this is the problem with YouTube is no one really knows either. Like, hmm, what really works on YouTube? YouTube doesn't tell anyone. They just no. change the algorithm all the bloody time, and no one knows what's going on. 
but that's you know I feel like we're getting a bit sidetracked here. Yeah, I could I could rage about YouTube all day long if you want me to. Touch no, no, no. If, if please tell us who you are. Please just go <laughs> go with that. That would be good. Yes, okay. Start. So my name is Prop Shop. If you haven't heard of me before, I started off making YouTube videos for League Legends in like season two or so when I was actually good at the game, uh, and I made educational content, some funny stuff, whatever, and I've just been riding that wave all the way up until let's say last year when I kind of diversified a little bit. Started doing a bit of casting for the local British scene, the UK scene. Uh, then went to EU Masters, which is kind of like the uh, sort of like scouting grounds, I guess, for, for the European, uh, all the regional leagues, like the Spanish leagues, the uh, German league, the French league, blah, blah, you know, all, all over Europe. Uh, and so I was casting that. Quickshot was in that. He liked me. He was like, yo, let's come do some LCS stuff. So in the 2018 summer split, I was casting the LCS as well. So I'm now a YouTuber slash streamer slash caster slash general knobhead. And now I'm honored to be joined on in Travis's amazing content because he makes amazing content. Wow, thank you. Travis and Mark's amazing content. <laughs> and Mark's in them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not, Mark. And, yeah. and Kelby. Sorry. Uh, Kelby's here too. I'm on half these things. <laughs> um, Kelby. All right. Uh, well, regardless, welcome to the show. Super happy to have you here. It's nice that we've been able to so far have a bit of a more international cast for Hotline League as we are covering an international event, which is Worlds. Uh, starting uh, as, as for the context of anybody watching the VOD, we are a little bit less than five hours out from the start of Worlds. Uh, I'm in Korea. Hopefully hotel internet keeps up, but I've been able to stream before and it's been fine. Uh, and so crazy times on situation here. Uh, but let's see. Let's that's all the stuff to talk about. Obviously, we got Worlds group stage. Last time we did the show, we still were uh, we were in between groups and knockout stage for plans. So there's that, that to talk about. Uh, G2 and Cloud9 looking a little rocky. Um, we've got uh, the double lift ad that came out. Uh, hype video. I'm trying to think of what other cool, exciting stuff has happened in the past, uh, I don't know, five Did days or so. Top 20? Oh, top 20. Yeah, a lot of people 20. have been asking about that. Um, so, yeah, like basically, uh, but you, ultimately it is on you guys that we, you know, throwing out those topics there. But it's on you guys to decide what we talk about on the show tonight. Uh, Mark, do you want to do a bit of a, an explanation on how it works so we can start getting questions while we jibber jabber a bit? Yep, so if you've never seen the show before, I'm posting in Twitch chat right now a link to our Discord that we are in. Spam the shit out of it. Uh, if you want to click that link and join up, uh, once you get here, there is a Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice channel. I'll need you to join that so I can pull you into the waiting room if your topic is selected. You can mute yourself once you're in there at first, though. Uh, and then in Pleb Topics, the text channel, you're going to go ahead and post whatever it is you want to talk about. And we try and Make sure that these are, you know, takes. So don't just say, I want to talk about World's Top 20. Say, you think Caps was underrated. He's a top five player. You think Caps is overrated. He's no ways better than Maple. Whatever it is, post your take in there so we can talk about it. Uh, if we like your take, I'll pull you from club calls to the waiting room. When it's your turn, I will uh, do a mic check with you in the waiting room. And then we'll pull you onto the on-air to discuss the calls. Yeah, other stuff that got announced, uh, Twitch chat pointed out, All-Stars. Uh, the players getting fined. I think it was six, 16 players got oh, warned or fined God, or whatever. Yeah. The, I'd love to get him on this episode here. Love to get a topic on that. Moly. Um, and yeah, Kelby's got some stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, just a bunch of different stuff. So um, while Mark is looking at 
that stuff. Uh, Foxtrop, how do you feel about EU this year? I feel good about Fnatic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that sort of answers your question. No, I, I think that, um, I don't know. It, I, I'm always going to have high expectations of, of EU because I've been watching the competitive scene since season two. I've been watching since, you know, Diamond Prox picked Shivana when Shivana was like not even a champion and just permanently invading and just redefined how League of Legends was played from the jungle, you know, and I, I've always had these, uh, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to get those rose tinted goggles off my head, you know. So I'm always hoping for the best for, for EU. And realistically, Fnatic, I, I think I think they can do some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've been trying to think about a, a year in which the West overall has been this underhyped because it feels like North America, you know, like some of the fans are trying to really say like, oh, Cloud9 or oh, oh, Team Liquid or oh, yeah, 100 Thieves is there. Um, and then, and on, on the EU side, like I literally only hear people talk about Fnatic, uh, and for the most part in NA, we're also all kind of like, eh, are they even going to make it out of groups? Um, we were one game away, I think from having potentially our, our North America's worst worlds ever. If cloud nine didn't make it out, we would have only sent two teams in the group stage and potentially had both of those two teams not move on. So, uh, it's, I, I can't remember a time where the West as a whole was this under, undervalued or under anticipated going into worlds well our first caller will make sure to we don't turn this narrative around twinkle toes is here okay cool well you just pulled him he's been in here for like uh 10 seconds okay well twinkle twinkle toes uh welcome to the show where are you calling from hey guys i am calling from sherman oaks sherman oaks which is in the greater los angeles area for those of you that are not LA natives probably have no idea where Sherman Oaks is, but uh, California. Uh, so, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight, Twinkle Toes? Well, ever since I started playing League of Legends back in season three, I have always been a fan of the professional scene. So, I first found out about the NALCS, and yes, I did actually go to a couple games back in the studio in Redondo Beach. Sure, but considering the result. Of the last five world championships, I want to remind everyone why it's time to jump on the Korean hype train and why Korea is going to win their sixth consecutive world championship. Okay, uh, go ahead and this is a very exciting take to have to start the show. Uh, go ahead and, and tell us why we should all give up. <laughs> well, I think all three uh, teams that are coming from the LCK region to the world championship have a legitimate chance of winning and a reminder to everyone that they uh, got the three guaranteed seats since they won the MSI last year. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly what you guys would want. Like, do you want me do to, you, uh, I would ask, do you have any concerns given the fact that in most of the times that they have, I think every time they've clashed versus RNG, they have lost this year in international competition being rift rivals, MSI and the Asia games. Sure, and I understand that that's like the logical counterpoint, but uh, the only thing I want to point out about that is the Korean fans were a little uncertain as to why for that game five of the Rift Rivals, they, they sent out the Afrika Freaks to play instead of KT Rolster because KT Rolster had not actually lost a game at the tournament yep. prior to that. Sure. 
So, I, I am a KT fan. I know that uh, the meme is sort of supposed to be that I'm supposed to tell you how bad they are and how they're going to choke again. But I, I'm, I'm on the KT hype train, and I think that they are going to win the world championship specifically. I mean, uh, it's interesting to have this conversation, especially after what I just saw the um, – the sort of teaser that's going to show up right before group stage. They put it out on YouTube where you have Caster Jung from, or Jung, Jung from yeah. uh, LCK sort of talking about how Korea has been dominant for so long, but this is the first year where like that might not happen. Um, and so then, you know, you're calling in and, and kind of offering that counterpoint. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just think RNG's on a tear. Uzi is positioned to be the faker of this tournament. Um, it's it's hard for me to understand why it's such a go-to just like, yeah, 100% LCK will win um, whenever you have sort of like the final boss here. Well, I guess what it w- is interesting, though, when you say this is that like the it does feel like the only alternative you've got Genji, you've got KT and then. Even people are like, well, by the way, there's a Frika too. They might be kind of scary. And it's interesting that there's like one alternative to that, which is RNG. So the odds maybe are just in in LCK's favor just because of the sheer number of teams that they have that look competitive. Yeah, I think that's what I was going to say is uh, even if RNG is the favorite, like of all the teams that could win it, there's still only one Chinese team that people are legitimately talking about. And like Korea still has Griffin at home. Like they have so many fucking good teams. Yeah, I was yeah. personally disappointed that Griffin did not end up going to the World Championship. I'm curious. I'm curious too how much uh, like uh, home field advantage is going to play a factor here, um, and uh, the fact that like I think mm, probably historically Korean uh, the Korean players that I've known and like the teams that I've talked to have really really not liked to travel. Not that anybody likes to travel, but they they really appreciate being at home. Um, and I think always it's really, really nice to play in front of your home crowd. Uh, I think that the the Korean fans can really, really help push uh, the Korean teams through this year, especially considering the fact that, like, I think they do feel um, and are tapped into the fact that, like, they are vulnerable this year. Like, they're, they're not gods. It's not a given. Um, and hopefully, I'm hoping as a fan for the experience that that pushes, like, their level of enthusiasm in these matches uh, to, to like new levels and that they're really, really excited on broadcast. I think Worlds is much more, or any international tournament is much more fun when the winner isn't like really clear from the beginning. Right. I, I feel like, especially when SKT has been around, right? It's just been mm-hmm. like, okay, there's, let's talk about the other teams. We all know who's actually going to win, but let's talk about the other 20 teams who are in the tournament. You know, that's, Regardless of who wins, just going to be a bit sidetracked here, whether it is the SK or whether it is RNG. By the way, I think we're selling IG a little bit short here as well. Mm-hmm. They were like 18-1 in the regular season, way better than RNG did. You know, yeah, and stuff happened since then. But... Oops, sorry. No, 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 that's fine. It's IG aren't just like, you know, let's forget about them sort of thing. But I, I do think that, you know, it's... I sort of want China to win just because it would be cool to see a non-Korean team win and, and what fashion to do it in then come into their own house and shit on their doormat. <laughs> Especially if it's Uzi, who has like always yeah. been the one fighting them in the finals. Right. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard uh, to argue too much against you, Twinkle Toes. You picked maybe the, the safe prediction, which is LCK well, I, I may win again. I, I had to open with the team that I cared the most about, which was KT, but I didn't want to discount uh, either Genji or Afrika Freaks because of players like Keen and players like uh, Kuro. Yeah. And Haru, who was popping off in uh, Genji's gauntlet run to the third seed for the world championship, which is what they came in last year when they won at Samsung Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. It's always kind of fun. I This is my favorite part of Worlds, to be honest, which is right before group start, because then you, you lead into, like, every it, even though, you know, they're always the favorite teams, uh, the field kind of feels way open. And groups is when all the crazy upsets happen because Riot insists on doing best of one, which allows for really fun narratives. And uh, it's just pretty neat. I feel like after you get through, like, quarters is usually... A, not that great because you're matching up kind of like the flukes. It, it all gets sorted out essentially. Then you know, obviously, you have semis and finals. But this is this is the fun part. So I don't know if anybody else has any final thoughts on this or uh, or Twinkle Toes. If you have any anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller, but I think it's a fair fair conversation to have. Very good. Well, thanks, Twinkle Toes, for the call. I think maybe just oh, oh go ahead. Sorry, I just want to say the one thing that I wanted to remind everyone was with Genji. Last year, Crown was just put on Malza Hard Duty to deal with Faker, so you never know. It might just work again. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Thanks Thanks again for the call. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Shout-out to you.gg. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Sponsor for Worlds. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, moving on to the next caller uh, as my cursor moves around. I want to give a shout-out to the people who subbed just now. Uh, Zhao Wei Zhong, uh, Captain Eddie, Dadstonia, who sent 500 bits. Can't sub till Thursday, so I have the rest of my bits. Uh, Alex Tequila23, who reset for eight months in VNC Russia with Twitch Prime. Iros reset for uh, two months and says, Travis for Sexist Mail, Esports Journalist 2018, Kappa Pride. Well, thank you. It's very nice. Uh, I don't know what my competition is there, but uh, looks like you've got another caller here. KRC25. KRC25, where are you calling from? I am calling from Henrietta, just outside of Rochester, New York. Okay. Hey, I went to school in Rochester. RIT? Yeah, dude. Yep. What are you studying? Uh, computer information technology. Ooh, you got the long walk on the quarter mile. Yep. Well, none rough, of that. None uh, of that was relevant to me. I don't understand what just happened. But I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you guys know each other. KRC, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So my hot take of the evening is uh, Fnatic taking first seed in their group because I think all of their lanes are just superior to anyone else in their group. Um, I'd like to say that Invictus would be putting up the best fight in the group, uh, just because, well, you, like you guys mentioned earlier, uh, they put up a, like a good contest RNG in the finals. I think he went five games. Um, but I think that just the use of their subs top lane and the shy, like kind of having that injury and working back for it. I think top lane's just going to be superior for Fnatic. Uh, mid lane caps is in like his best form that he's been. I mean, some people would argue that rookie is like in a better form, but I don't personally see rookie beating caps i guess that's just my personal like fan support but i think that he's gonna outperform rookie worlds and then their bot lane is i mean reckless like there's not really much else you could say like he's been top tier for the longest time um and i think they'll just outperform anyone else in the group ig g rex under the i don't think it's i don't think it's gonna even be close really quickly yeah i i just want to say um Fox drop or sorry, uh, before we get to Fox drop, I, I want to take this. Uh, Kyle zero eight zero eight just gifted forty five subs in the chat, so that's pretty cool. 
Don't ever want to interrupt Damn, for this, son. but 45 subs is pretty fucking significant. Uh, he also no, sent so I'm pretty sure, not, not to give it away too much, but Kyle Oeo is in the waiting room right now, and I think he had something similar, if I remember correctly. But either way, I think <laughs> yeah. he's hyped about this take. Okay, cool. Fox Rob, uh, how is Fnatic going to do this? Can they? Are they number one seed in their group? Uh, before I answer the question, I'll just say, buddy... I'll have what you're having. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know what? I, you say it with confidence. I wouldn't say it with such confidence, but do I see a world where that will happen? Absolutely. You know, I, I think that IG are really good, honestly. And, and, and I think people kind of sleep in them a little bit because RNG is, is like the spotlight Chinese team right now. But I think perhaps... <laughs> I mean, Rookie is, like, really good, by the way. I think that's one of the things we have to mention. Everyone's hyping up Caps, right, with, with Fnatic and and how Caps is going to do. And I, honestly, I think this is that's for good reason because when I was in one of... I was in a, one of, like, the post-broadcast day meeting thingamajigs that you do, like, the story meet wrap-up thingamajigs, mm-hmm. uh, I did hear a certain prominent EU LCS caster say that Caps is the most talented player EU has ever produced. Just saying that. So I don't I know whether he's gone. I don't know whether he's gone on record as saying that, but he did say it. So either way, Caps is, is bloody good. And I know Shox was on here just yesterday saying, or uh, last time, sorry, saying let's not hype up Fnatic and Caps and all that stuff. But fuck it, Shox, I'm doing it. Uh, but I, I, I think, as regarding GRX and Hundred Thieves. Fair enough. You know, I, I don't think those two will put up much of a fight against Fnatic. I, I think Hunter T's can take a game for them because it's, you know, that's the one round robin. Like, it, it, it could happen, right? And I see you shaking your head, Kelby. I'm just saying it could happen, all right? Yeah, Strange yeah, things have happened. It's possible. How, do we, how, how quickly you forget G2 uh, 2016, 2015, or uh, sorry, 17? Whatever, I mean, they, when they had, they like, do say that uh, NA teams perform better when everyone has no expect- expectations of them. So if Fun of Thieves is going in, you know, with everyone on Reddit saying, oh, they don't deserve to be here, then they just have the world to perform to, you know. So. By the way, Fox Drop, Twitch chat claims that yeah. Deficio said that about Caps on the top 20, on the world's top 20. Oh, did he? Yes. So oh. if that was him. Yeah, so he's already said it then, I guess. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Did he actually say it like, did he say those specific words? Oh, that, I mean, that's what yeah. Twitch chat's saying. I didn't, I didn't watch top 20 because it was set about time for me, but. Okay. Well, it, I can confer, neither confirm nor deny it was him that I had to say. You know, either, either way, like Caps is. I, it, to be fair, this is one of the things about going into groups that I'm most excited to watch. Right, is, is in Group D is just that that mid lane matchup, Rookie and Caps, because R- Rookie has been high tapped by everyone. When Perks was streaming, just uh, during his you know boot camp, whatever, when they're preparing for planes, he said someone asked him who's the best mid lane in the world. He's went Rookie. Like, drop of a hat, bam, no thinking, just rookie. He, he, Perks rates rookie really, really highly. I think everyone rates rookie ridiculously high. It's like number two, I think, on the top 20. Everyone knows rookie's a beast, right? Uh, and it's like, okay, so everyone in the West is hyping caps. And is that because he's actually a bloody good player or because we want him to be a bloody good player? Yeah, you know, we like need an avatar. We need some, exactly. somebody to lift up and root right. for him. Who's the anime protagonist oh, of yeah. the 2018 Worlds? We yeah. want it to be Caps. Yeah. I was talking with, with Jad about it. There's the Bjergsen Award every year on the top 20, which is just like the designated NA or West like poster child for like, this is yeah. our hope against the, the East. And this year it's Caps. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's fair, honestly. But at the same time, I think Cap's kind of... I, I want to see him... I think he has the potential to earn that, you know, to earn earn the hype. And that just for me is like... I'm excited about that mid lane matchup. And I do think Fnatic can absolutely go toe-to-toe with, with IG. And for me, it's about the rookie bot laners. Jackie Love especially. He's like 17, I think. Um when I was talking to Raz, he gave me some really good info about the Chinese teams. And he was like, this is the one thing that is maybe a question mark for this team is how do they, these guys are ridiculously green. They're really inexperienced. How are they going to fare on the world stage? Because it's totally different than when you're playing domestically. For a young kid like that, legit, how, I, was a, I was the dumbest dickhead when I was 17. <laughs> and this guy's being shoved into the world stage. And, and of course, that's going to affect him, right? Maybe not. Maybe he's just got, you know, maybe he's made out of iron. Well, I can't say that anymore. Can I? That means he's crap. If I call someone iron, yeah. maybe he's made out of Ooh, yeah, you know, whatever. I don't really know what it's tough and some kind diamonds. of great alloy. But I don't yeah, but even diamond shit made as well. of butter. Yeah. So, sometimes what I find you will see with like really really green players though, especially if they're young, uh, is that on the world stage, like they are so naive that they don't understand the scale of the event that they're yeah. playing in, and they just the pressure flies by them uh it's happened it's happened yeah. a couple times um but i i agree with you guys entirely i think that uh like it, it's just it's just between those two teams um i i think that this is probably this and group is it b uh yeah group b are like the two most lopsided groups as far as like there's two really really clear definitive teams that are going to get out um, even considering it's it's best of one format, I would I would highly expect that these guys and then, you know, like you just have best of ones. You got two best of ones and um, you just got to you just got to win them. And because it's best of one, like anything can happen. But I, I, I do think that because like they have the answer to caps and rookie that uh, it, it is probably something where I would still think that it's fanatics not getting out uh, first in the group. But. As far as them advancing further in the tournament, I think that Fnatic is the West probably best chance. Probably. Um, of Who like would you making argue has it, better chance? Yeah, yeah. Like, cause just, I think that TL is the only other team that really has a chance of getting out of groups. And if you want to go further than quarters, you really want to get first. And uh, I think it's probably an easier route for Fnatic than TL to get first in their group. So there's there's one point I'm I'm still sticking on a little bit with what uh, KRC said, which is that they match up better individually across the board. I can see the debate a little bit with Caps versus Rookie and Reckless versus uh, uh, Jackie Love a little bit, but like I I don't see it really in the top lane. I, I think Soz is a really great player, but like, and I know the shy did have his surgery in a slower and weaker uh, summer split than he had compared to his like insane spring, but. I don't know, dude. Even Duke is like super good. Like both of them are pretty good. So I, I'm not sure I'm quite on board with that. Are you thinking about Soaz Soaz or playoff Soaz? Because <laughs> those are two camps? different beasts. Just have the world's buff. Is he yeah, on dog he champs? Had... Well, yeah. I don't know whether he'll be on dog champs or not. But he he gets the playoff buffs, man. You you can't argue against that. So here's so, go ahead, Mark. I was gonna say the thing is I don't know if the meta's great for Soaz, like either you're playing the Urgot Aatrox like fighter meta or you're banning both of them and playing tanks top, which I don't know what, what Soaz is going to end up doing in this is my only thing. Yeah. Yeah. He'll probably be on a dog champ. 
Yeah. No, I, I, I guess feel it, like he's going to be on Dog Champ duty. I was just going to say. Sub factor. Oh, go, go ahead, Jarvis. No, no, go for it. Um, I think like the sub factor is going to come in like rather big. I think I'm, I, even myself, I'm underestimating it. Like, so even though you could say it's best of one, right. And it doesn't matter if you lose the first game. Right. Um, I think the first game, maybe they pull out Whippo, you know, they throw, they show the aggression. They show that, you know, they're not to be run over and then they pull out. So as if the first game doesn't go well and they stick him on, like you guys said, a dog champ. Um, but I think just having like two separate top players that can work well, like i I don't know. I don't see either one of IG's top laners uh, like outperforming them by a number, you know, where it's like, oh, they're just taking over the game or anything like that. I think both of them can can put up a fight no matter what you no matter who you throw in. I think flexing subs is much easier in best ofs, like best of three or best of five. Right? So here's one of the things I was going to say. Uh, Fnatic, there's all this pressure on them. And I feel like at times we've seen, you know, Reckless not look great at international events. The same way we've seen Double If not look great at international events. Um, it it feel and and Caps is overhyped, but he's still kind of green. I know he's been around for a while. I feel like there's a world here, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but I think people should be open to the idea that like there's a world here where Fnatic crumbles and just like looks really bad over the next couple of days. Um, I've, I feel like that's, there's a really good chance of that and nobody wants to talk about it because, you know, like, Oh wait, Fnatic, the Western chance caps, he's the, the EU Jesus. Um, but like, I, I just, <laughs> I think there's a really good chance that could happen. I think the problem is that like, if you put them in a slightly tougher group, I would be more down with that. Yeah. But like, even if they, they like choke to an extent, you're looking at like a full on G2 2016, one in five out of fucking nowhere meltdown which is possible, but if it's just like a, oh, we underperformed a little bit, I still think that's probably good enough to get past GRX and 100 Thieves. Yeah. Uh, very good. Well, hey, uh, is it K- yeah, KRC? Thank you for the call. Really appreciate it. And I think it's a good topic and a, a fun one. We'll have to see how things go. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, have a good one. Uh, okay, on to the next caller. I, need, I have to shout out a ton of stuff. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> <clears throat> Uh, VNC Russia, Eros Kyle0808, Rapound23, The Nightmare, GWTVS, Nixiv, Apple Computers, Pandaman7, Gnome Sandbro, BNB Gamers, Bomo, B0, Asian Boy Bryant, 80 Sean, Rifleman, Zero, Nuke King, 5, Benny Quest, Board, Board, Thomas, KW Doggy, OMG No Good One, Kyle, Black Zito, Punk Rock Music, Oystens, Pokemon Han, Shrubby 21, Illumini Danny TV, Red Rounder, Pimhoff, Jazzbard BR, Concrete for Life, Siri 23, AG Yanks fan, uh, Dirty Pure, King Muxi, Unicorn Control, Mason, ba- Mason Baker, Becker Lothi, Grumpa, The Pit Father, Aram Simon, Everyday Wrestler, Pablo Jalitha, and uh, Goomber Cools 521, Mike Nick 4, Chad Miller 0, and Wally Wall. Okay, I'm going to get the rest of them later on. <sighs> this first time on the show anybody's gifted that many subs so it was uh it was a tough one soupy is here soupy where are you calling from hey i'm calling from rockville maryland uh nice to hear you. a lot of i think what is this a couple of people from the northeast either way welcome to the show welcome to the show uh what do you want to talk about on the show tonight uh 
I just want to talk about the overall fan reactions to NA teams losing at like international tournaments. And I think it's just like a pretty toxic cycle where I think it's mostly Reddit tends to hype themselves up with like pro player interviews and solo queue ranking. And then once NA teams lose in groups or they lose in um, best of series, it tends to get very toxic very quickly. And I think it's having a pretty negative effect on NA pro players' mental health and that NA teams aren't really preparing their players for this inevitable reaction. So do you do you take issue with the hyping up in the beginning or just like the the fall that occurs after? Uh, I think it's kind of everything. I mean, there's a general consensus in NA now that it's we don't hype up our teams. Uh, and it's just like pretty typical of Reddit that you can just like go on. I think there was that double F inven uh, interview, which everyone was like, oh, my God, they fixed their issues. They're going to go far. And I think it's just it's just kind of unrealistic expectations. So you're saying, sorry, you're saying we shouldn't hype up our players or we should? I think it's fine to hype up players, but I think that it eventually causes a negative reaction because of cultural problems with NA. Okay. I feel like this is more specifically a TSM problem, though. Like, I don't remember, remember how bad the backlash was to CLG in 2016 when they didn't make it out. Or immortals in in twenty seventeen. Like we, we we called them chokers. We said they like should have gotten out, which I think was all true and we were disappointed and stuff. But I don't remember like going like full on like mob trying to burn people at the stake, quite like what happens every time TSM doesn't make it out of groups. So I, I don't know how much of that I, I feel is an NA specific problem versus the TSM problem. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's a TSM problem. But I think there was also TL at MSI that was pretty bad as well. Yeah. Uh that's a good point, but that was also such a weird situation just because of what happened with Ole. <laughs> yeah. Do we do we feel like we're at risk for the this world? I don't feel like NA is really hyped right now, specifically TL. I don't feel like TL is really hyped. Or in, in I, Am I missing that? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no other team that would be hyped from NA. I, th- I actually think TL is a bit underhyped, honestly. I think there's a chance they can... Decent chance in get out groups. Yeah, no, I, they, I agree. They, they don't have to... KT Rolster, uh, KT Rolster and Edward Gaming are looking like the two you know, teams that might be top two. And, you know, if, if KT Rolster is the crocodile chasing, you don't have to outrun the crocodile. You don't have to outrun the fat kid behind you. And Edward, Edward EGG looks pretty chubby, honestly, in, in the yeah. plane. So I think there's a chance, you know, there's a decent chance. And this is actually quite interesting because I was... Browsing the old Twitter Rooney earlier uh, this evening and uh, or this afternoon for you, fine American gentleman. It was this morning um, for me. And, Thank you. Oh, this morning. Sorry yeah. for you, Travis. And uh, I saw a little bit of a debate between Local Daiko and uh, LS. I don't know if any of you guys saw this, where they were time to look it up. Yeah, they were just talking. That sounds about, like a fire um, debate. Those two are. They don't hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like it seemed pretty decent, honestly. But basically, uh, LS was convinced that. Team Liquid have basically zero macro, and that's why they're gonna get on. Like that's why EDG is second and, and TL is third. But there is a chance, just from a pure talent perspective, that they're kind of equal. But EDG are just, you know, will just edge out just a little bit. And Loco was like, actually, you know, TL have really good macro. I know they're playing in NA and they're playing against arguably worse opposition or region that's not known for its macro strength. But TL, objectively speaking set up vision well all that all that lovely business and yeah. ls was just like uh no i don't think they're very good and then like was like but if your arguments about macro edg have showed really crap macro in the plane you know that kind of thing 
it lost me a little bit towards the end there. But essentially, I, I think it's a it's a good point where we don't have expectations of NA anymore. I know this goes against the point that the call is making here, and I think specifically for this year, there are no expectations of NA. No one is talking about Team Liquid potentially making it out of groups, realistically. Right. People are saying that the only team that has a, a good chance of getting out of groups, that maybe even will make it out of groups, is Fnatic in Group D. And I think, honestly, Team Liquid could absolutely do that. You know, like I don't think EDG is that tough of an opponent for them to beat. No, it'll be easy, but I could see them doing it. What's the over under for you? Like, is this a 50 50 chance or a 40 60? I, I would say it's maybe like 60 40 EDG, personally. Okay. I think it's pretty close. On the topic of like fans bashing people, how do you feel like it is for EU? Oh, I love it. I, so, but- EU is. I would say EU is more barbaric. Does that make sense? Like yeah. they're they're rabid in a sense, you know. It, it's almost like a football culture, soccer, soccer culture. Sorry. Forget. Yeah, there you go. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's say football. It's fine. <laughs> but you know, I, I think people are very. Um, it just it gets like it's kind of almost scary, you know, when you see some of the backlash that comes against, uh, or just just how passionate EU fans are uh, for for EU teams, uh, and it seems NA is just like. A, disappointed mother but slightly disappointed mother like i'm not angry i'm disappointed but it's also actually really angry as well that's how <laughs> na fans kind of seem when when they when they're disappointed in, in their teams uh, well, the, the one thing i would say about the comparison between eu and na kind of uh, fan bases uh, is the way they treat each other right and this always gets me i love reading this stuff on reddit especially where uh, because na generally speaking has the kind of um, perhaps weaker uh, results historically, especially international uh, tournaments. Uh, EU's always kind of got like a jab on them. They, they've got more ammunition, right? They've got the, the, the heavier hook. And NA fans, it, it, it's just it's it's so back and forth. Whenever NA fans beat an EU team, they are they're, they're like going so hard on the EU teams and just like yeah, fuck you, you suck. Then when EU teams beat NA, it's basically the same thing. But what I love about it is how both sides act like the other side is the worst one. Like, as in, like, the other side's community is, is, is the harsher community. Yeah. Like, NA fans will say, yeah, well, it's just you. Uh, we, we're not really like this when we beat them, but when they beat us, they're so, they're, they're so mean about it and they really don't let it go. They're just really – and it's like, no, listen here, dickheads. I've been watching competitive league since before it started, right? And I can tell you, it's the same every year. Whatever side of the EU NA divide, your NA fans are knobs to EU EU teams when they win, and EU fans are knobs to NA teams when they win. The only reason anything NA fans think they have it worse is because, generally speaking, they perform worse international tournaments. But but both fan bases are just as bad as each other for really yeah. digging into that that. Right. I I love it. I was just going to say, I love it because I've interviewed EU uh, players who have come over to NA solo queue. And I think a lot of this reflects, especially when you were talking about like the disappointed mother, a lot of it reflects how I've heard people describe uh, EU versus NA solo queue where like EU solo queue, people will just be like, go kill yourself. You know, it's just like, it's so brute, brute, brute force and like uh, angry. Whereas uh, apparently 
NA will be just as toxic, but in a very like sarcastic way. Like, wow, that was a really it's good play, man. Good job. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like hundred percent. I played on NA. I played on NA, and that is the biggest difference. Is I lose my mind when someone on EU tells me to go kill myself or tells me Kurvar or whatever these words they want to throw at me. I'm just like, all right, buddy, that's nice. When I've got an NA person talking down to me, condescending <laughs> me, don't condescend to me, random NA. Something yeah. Oh, don't don't condescend to me. What is that quote from? It's Wings. It's Muffin yeah. Cutie and Wings. Yeah. 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 Don't condescend to me, Wings. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that in so long. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an so old meme, but it checks out. It's just something about it. Just, it just rubs, it totally rubs me the wrong All way. Right. Two Fuck things that. on what you said. I think mm. I 100% agree on your point that like the reason NA fans feel like EU fans are bigger dickheads because generally EU fans are performing worse. Like I 100% get that coming from a Boston sports fan where people are like, Boston sports fans are insufferable. It's like, no, we just won a lot more and we brag like any fan base would do. Like, you know, every fan base that wins suddenly becomes the yeah. most insufferable fan base. Um, so I 100% agree on that. The one point I think they do differ is like, I don't know if it, why it's just this year. I, I, I didn't see it at all before, but this year, EU fans, just because of the time slot, like have been just bitching and moaning nonstop about like caster bias because oh, yeah. not everyone thinks Fnatic is like the second coming of Jesus Christ, you know, like yeah, I've seen a lot of that. It's yeah. been yeah. I don't know this why year. this year everyone's going crazy about caster bias because I do see it more from EU fans. So maybe that's just because of the time that I'm at or something. But NA fans have been doing this too. Yesterday in my stream, somebody was donating money to explain to me how Shox was super biased against... Uh, oh, yeah, she gets it so bad. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck? And, like, everybody... Yeah, okay, she, look, she actually, everyone on the analyst desk is probably biased. That's the whole point of having, like, the international <laughs> thing where, like, you've got Deficio and Jet telling each other, fuck you, at All-Star... or at Rift Rivals. Like, that stuff is fun. Right. And, and to be fair, there's a difference between favoritism and bias, I would say. Like, favoritism is just, like, who you want to win. And, like who you hype up more bias right. is when like it impacts your ability to critically think about what's happening. Yeah. That's and fair. like, I, I am a super NA favoritist, but like, I don't think I'm biased. I think we suck balls. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like <laughs> I, I will admit if, if, if those two definitions are too far apart, and you just want to lump them together under biased. Sure. I'm biased. Uh, I, I think there's, there's two things that I kind of take away from this is as both like from a casting background and just from like a spectator background from a spectator standpoint, uh, I actually, I, I want, if you come in from the OPL, tell me why, tell me why your Aussie lads are going to take it all. Tell me, you know, yeah. tell me why your jungler is, is like the best jungler uh, and why he's, you know, he's going to whip out his pocket karma jungle and just dick on everyone. Like, tell me that, you know, I, I love that. And I think that's the whole point when, like you were saying, Travis, that when you've got international uh, events and you're pulling in casters from the various regions, isn't the whole point that they're there to kind of give their expertise, but also... Like they're there to tell you why this, why you should be excited about watching this team or this player that you haven't heard of because you've not been watching them because all you watch is NA or EULCS, which I think the majority of the Western fan base uh, does. And, and from a caster perspective, this happened to me when I was uh, casting E Masters actually. Uh, when it, it was like one of the kind of favorites of the tournament against one of the UK teams, and I was talking about how. Uh, Basically, I had so much more knowledge about on the, about the UK teams than I did the uh, other team. And I'd done my research by the other team. I knew, you know, patterns about how they draft and play styles, that kind of stuff. But you can't replace 
the experience you gain from just casting teams for like months, right? Um, and it was just if I'm going to fall back on knowledge, it's going to be about what I what I know, like the knowledge what I know what I'm talking about. That's not good English, whatever. And I think that just happens as well from a logical standpoint. If it sounds like casters are being or analysts are being biased when they display more information about one thing than another thing, if that makes sense. And I think that's just natural as well to a degree. Yeah. We've, we've kind of gone off topic. Uh, Soupy, back to what you were saying. Do you have an answer? What would you want NA fans to do or how would you want them to behave in a way that you think would better support the teams and better set the teams up for success from like a fan support perspective? I mean, I think it's just about having reasonable expectations for the most part. I think that a great uh, like thought experiment is just like 2017 G2 had basically the same group as 2016 TSM, but the reaction to TSM not making it out of that group was vastly different from 2017 uh, G2. So it's just like the expectations were clearly set for G2 going into the group, and they didn't make it out, and the overall fan reaction wasn't extremely negative like it was to the 2016 TSM team. So I think overall it's just kind of it's like unrealistic to expect a radical culture change in NA to be more accommodating to like pro players being people and not playing perfectly. And then also like it's like in a perfect world, it would be more like clear expectations and not like hyping each other up like, oh, my God, TL is going to go to semis or some shit. Yeah. Or like, but the good news is you don't have any hype for for NA this year. This will be the test for you, I think. I'm still hyped for TL. I got my boy Double is gonna go far. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you just said you wanted realistic expectations, uh, so hopefully those prove out to be realistic. I don't know. Uh, speaking uh, of spe- speaking of bias, I was gonna say Shocks just messaged me and said, "Can we get KBBQ tonight in celebration of TL's victory over KT?" So Shocks is on board with you. <laughs> she's she's ready to uh, to support TL. Um, also on the bias topic. Look at look at Vettius trying to hype up G two. I linked it in the thing. Like, is that not over? Is this the kind of stuff that would concern you, Soupy? Like, if an NA caster was doing this, would you say that what this was is he building doing? too many expectations? Doing what? I, I linked it. Uh, I'll put it in the Twitch chat. But like the uh, the like, you're trolling if you think G two isn't getting out of Group A. I think he's doing it pretty tongue in cheek. I don't think he's being hundred. Yeah. Well, he said it at first trolling. realistically, right? And then he got. He he about super massive, yeah. and then he they lost. I thought that was the whole thing. Yeah, this is also, like. A, oh, sorry. Go on. No, I think it's also just a bit um, where it's like there's such a. I think it's also just loss aversion, right? Where it's like the whole idea that um, losing feels twice as bad as winning feels good. So like when your team loses that you really wanted to win, it's just such a visceral reaction. And I think a lot of people are still pretty young in watching the esports, so it's just like. They don't understand that when they're shit talking like a pro player, that there's like a person that may end up reading it, right? So it's just like when an NA team does well, it's like it's great, but when they do poorly, I think it also has to be like a measured response. Like it's okay to feel bad and be disappointed. It's another thing to attack the person and just like the amount of hate Bjergsen got, I think last year was just like pretty unacceptable. Or Sven Svensgaren Sven at um, 2017 MSI was also terrible. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much uh, for the call, Soupy. I really appreciate it. Uh, you have anything you want to say before we go? Uh, no, I just don't hype up KT. And I think that the f- caller before me who was saying rookie was worse than Caps is also just playing into the game because 
Rookie used to be on KT, and he's probably still got some of that in him. Yeah, very good. Well, hey, thank you so it's much. Sick was on KT as well, mate. We all know how that went. Mm. Have a good one. Right. Thanks for having me. Bye. All right. So really quickly, we have an ad break to talk about our new sponsor. Drum roll, please. Our new sponsor. A mystery sponsor we can't talk about yet, but it is coming soon. Excited to tell you guys all about that whenever that happens. They are sponsoring the show. Uh, I want to thank them for sponsoring the show. Uh, helps it make it so that, uh, you know, I can be doing this in this hotel room. Uh, Mark Mark is uh, able to get some support. He's not getting paid tonight. He's not doing a broadcast for Riot. You know, like, he's, this is, this is he, he's able to make, eat just... Make something. You know, that's what he's trying to do. Uh, let me tell you about the new sponsor. Uh, the new sponsor has been around for some time. Uh, and uh, uh, they've been around for maybe less than uh, 500 years and, and more than five minutes. Uh, they make products uh, that I think are fantastic. Um, it might be a single product. It might be multiple ones. I can't, I can't really disclose that. But I'll just tell you, premium, fantastic products. Um, it's not tidy cats. I know everyone thinks it's tidy cats. I, I'm shocked and surprised at how far the tidy cats meme has gone. Uh, but I like I just no. That was clear when you said premium products, Travis. My, my tidy cat cats is, is shit. My cat is happy that it's not tidy cats. He would much rather have this mysterious gentleman sponsor. Yes, we don't exactly. Want tidy cats sponsor. anymore. Yes. Well. Uh, just for context for you, Foxtrop, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we announced the departure of our, our previous partner. Uh, we knew how, we now have a, a sponsor, but we are not, uh, in a position to, to announce them yet. So, uh, excited to see. So if you could just, yeah, just say something nice about our anonymous sponsor, Foxtrop. It sounds amazing. Honestly. I mean, I've heard a bit of whispers, you know, and from what I hear, I've, I've, the only thing bad I can say about the sponsor is the fact that the viewers can't know what it is because yeah. that must be if they knew what they were missing out on holy shit yeah 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 <laughs> so anyway thanks so much to mystery sponsor for your support of this show can't wait to announce it uh more and if 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 you want to support the mystery sponsor uh go ahead and here i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little title t right action right now uh go ahead and just shout out uh on twitter hotline league mystery sponsor and uh, and uh, if you tweet that out, just say thank you, Hotline League Mystery Sponsor. Oh, I misspelled it. Need a Y in there. Um, if you throw that up on Twitter, they'll see it. They'll know that you love their products too, and that you wholly endorse everything they stand for as a brand. Hashtag Hotline League or hot, hot hashtag HLL Mystery Sponsor. Throw that out to them. Uh, see it in the Twitch chat. Thank you guys. All right. On to the next caller. Mark's going to go grab him while I read out uh, some uh, more names, including uh, one wonderful person named John Zoidberg, PhD, who donated $50 and said, enjoy Korea. Just so you guys know, I actually know who that person is. They work at uh, Universal Studios and hooked me and some friends up with some free tickets uh, to go to uh, Universal before we left. So thank you to uh, that individual for not only the free tickets, but also the $50. It's super generous. Uh, we also have uh, Nedex, Ichot, Zephyr Glissonman, uh, Off Mace of Mason Men, T Turner 088, Tarandu, Supercharged B, LOL Scamler 1, Adderall X, and Doyce Migueletto. Thank you very much for your support of the show. We're joined right now, speaking of support of the show, we're joined by a legend who, by the way, 
Mark did not know that he was going to send the subs, did not know that yesterday he sent 55 and pulled him into the waiting room anyway because his question was so good it stood on its own. He didn't have to bribe us to get on, but uh, certainly, you know, it, it, it would have helped had he known. Uh, Kyle0808 is joining us right now. Kyle0808, where are you calling from? Calling from uh, Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. Vancouver. Very good. I love Vancouver. It's a great place to, uh, to go. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I want to talk about a topic that Kelby's uh, been looking to, uh, the competitive ruling that came down this last week. Uh, I want to say how it's, uh, it's a joke. Uh, I mean, it's a slap on the wrist or something that in the past has been some major offenses, and it really sets a bad precedent for any future competitive rulings. I mean, specifically, when you look at Uzi and the Korean coach, uh, they should have been punished much more severely. And I understand that Uzi is the most popular player in China, um, but a simple one-game suspension or even larger fines could have at least shown a greater intolerance toward this behavior. And even just the regular players that were issued warnings, they should be held to a higher standard. I mean, they're, they're role models. So I think at the minimum, some fines should be handed up. Kelby, you were at you were managing a team uh, yeah. not some time ago. It was uh, named CLG, and yep. uh, there was a bit of a scandal involving CLG, in which uh, I think one Nick Allen, who's in the Twitch chat right now, uh, I don't think he issued the ruling personally, but he was actually basically the commissioner of NALCS at the time. Um, I would love for you to sort of set the stage by describing this situation uh, and what what took place with CLG at that time. Sure. So, um, as, as far as I recall the details exactly, and I won't go through like the entire story, but essentially we found a loophole in riots rules in which we could, uh, field a substitute roster and send our team to Korea to boot camp uh, prior to playoffs coming up, because regardless of our results, our standings would not change. Uh, so riot, understandably, not super excited that we were going to field scabs for two weeks in LCS, but we wanted to get the best results possible. We sent the team off to Korea. Mani was over there. We were doing a boot camp. And in that process, uh, we asked Riot for accounts. Um, they were not happy about us uh, going over there. They were um, not super eager to get us accounts. So in the time while the guys were over there, we were using accounts that we had access to, and then they gave us a competitive ruling, which was a, a very like meager fine. But the more significant portion of it was that, uh, you know, the guys got banned from LCK for two years. Um, they couldn't go in and compete, or I guess it was OGN at the time. Um, you know, and uh, this was something that we were coordinating with Riot on. You know, like we were we were in the process of getting accounts. Uh, we we use them without you know we use non you know like riot provided accounts early without their access because we wanted to make use of the playtime, um, but we weren't advertising that fact or anything like that. And then we have this situation that occurs with Uzi, where he's not going to riot to try and get an account and not get access. He's just using a bot or you know like illegally provided account, which yes historically has also brought down much stiffer punishment. The, the thing that is like super concerning to me about this is not only the fine amount, not that like there was no restriction against him playing in Korea, because I do think that it, especially if Uzi were to win worlds this year, like there's a potential for that guy potentially having incentive to go play in LCK. I don't know if it would ever happen, but like it's not out of the realm of possibility 
that he wouldn't get invited to go play on a Korean team and make a shit ton of money. Um, but that ruling hasn't been enforced and it was super light across the board for something that he did in a much more malicious fashion, I would say. And the bigger concern that I have across all of this is that like riot seemed to come in really, really late on this moderation process and like, wasn't watching what was going on. The fact that you have so many of these players in this region being toxic for a significant period of time, like pro player accounts and coaches accounts should be under more scrutiny, not less scrutiny than a regular player account. I love Oove's account fucking blows my mind. This guy played over a hundred games with a 70% report rate. And he, his account wasn't flagged during that entire time period. And you come back with like a less than 3K ban and he has a previous disciplinary offense on his record. How does this happen? Like, how do you not like have check-ins with players like, oh, we've been watching, you know, like I've been noticing a, a startling trend, you know, like let's let's correct this behavior immediately, like a week in or something like that, as opposed to letting it go the like this entire period. So now you have them coming out being super light and as you said yes i think setting a really really soft precedent where these guys can do whatever the fuck they want and they don't have to worry about shit like you're you're these players are supposed to be setting a good example and you know what good job america you had zero player on the disciplinary <laughs> list you guys are upstanding citizens i just think and this you know what I appreciate you. Good job. Just kind of fly in the face of uh, Foxdrop's statement that both EU and NA are toxic. Because if you look at it, I mean, right? We're uh, hey, hey, hey! I said toxic as fuck. NA is toxic in a way that isn't going to get you banned. Yeah, they're also toxic in a way that doesn't go across like (laughs) speaking like speaking different languages. No one understands sarcasm from a language. The majority, fuck you, kill yourself in any language. The majority (laughs) of Vitality got flagged for this. Three of their players got tagged for it. Well, so Vitality is just a bunch of... I don't know if Foxdrop has a better story than I do. I just know that everyone hates Vitality in Europe. (laughs) Like, no one wants to scrim them. Like... The the EU teams like everyone talks about like regions banding together. No one is banding together with Vitality, from what I understand. Uh, this is just some of the rumor mill shit I heard that like they like no one likes scrimming Vitality because they think they're bad, and then they don't even like like their personalities either. Fox trust. This beats so heavily. <laughs> I, I, I just one more thing, and then I'll stop. Like. This the problem too for Riot from a timing perspective is that this feeds really heavily into their toxicity narrative that's going on. Like you now have the majority of your world class, not the majority, you have a very large chunk of your world class player base showing up as being toxic leading into the world championship period where you think like they should be most focused and most like not doing this shit. And here they are being bad actors and bad representatives to the scene. Yeah. So someone made an interesting point. I don't know how true it is that like, some of the reasons NA people didn't get reported or whatever is because they feel like the NA server has stricter overall like policing of not just pro players, but people in general. Um, and some people argue that hurts our competitive pool. Like people like Tarzan get like, you know, permaban and stuff like that. Whereas some people think that might That's not. No, 
Well, just no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just bringing up. If only Tyler right one now. had been around for the past year. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, we wouldn't be talking about caps. We'd be talking about Tyler yeah. one. So yeah. they don't remember us on X-Tay 9. That, that, was a, that was a side point. Just the reality that like a lot more people get banned, they feel, in NA. And that's also probably why when all the other regions and players had people on this kind of like list, NA was free because we knew not to do that stuff already. The best players are toxic players, is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not saying. Dummy. I'm just saying competitive people tend to have a fire in them. That's such a nice way of putting it. Competitive people have a fire in them, and it just spreads. You know, they want to burn everything down. These pussy ass other players. Oh boy. Okay. All right. All right. There's the competitive. I said, Mark. We just lost like fifty percent of the potential gendered sponsors we could have, but that's okay. I would say though, the greatest player in the history of North America. Never been a toxic solo queue player. Never been involved in in one of these scandals. My boy Peter Pang. Yeah, sure. That's I true. had a question. Do you guys have any insight on if there's anything in uh, like the rule book or anything for like a maximum amount of fines that can be given to players? Because I know like other sports, they have you know maximum allowable under the CBA for fines and stuff like that. So we talked to we talked to Nick about this, or I talked to Nick about this last night, Nick Allen, um, and he said that. Uh, the rulings that they gave out were in accordance with the NA um, player book, but they were like on the minimum side, not the maximum side. Like they hit the minimum thresholds for the fine penalties, but then it's and or, you know, like bans or games or other stuff. And they, they just all hit the minimum. So it sounds um, like you're saying Nick Allen believes that these fines were not. That's it sounds like what I'm hearing from you, Kelby. Nick is not speaking for the league. He just, you know, said that, you know, he checked the rule book and they were in line, at least like they they weren't setting some stupid precedent that's like lower than rule. I just think the rule book is way too light. Like you can't yeah. have this shit going on. And it, and even like if you're going to have the rules be that light, you need to have policing be to a level where you're not going to have this giant thing come out where so many of your players are doing this for an extended period of time that you had to lay down these weak ass fines on everybody yeah i think that's the the shocker for me is it just almost seems like what's the point like, i don't right. think it's symbolic in any way i don't think it reflects well on anyone honestly i don't know how much i should say because i don't want to get myself in trouble i would like to be able to cast the us yes in the spring split as well yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know I, I just think in general it just it just seemed a little bit okay well, that's interesting and I, I definitely think there are some kind of like question marks just about the whole situation but I, the shocker to me, and, and I, I, I can't wrap my head around this one, is you brought this up, like the coach, who had like a 70% report rate over in like three, three, three games. Firstly, impressive, right? Yes. How do you do that? That's something. Amazing. And, and, and secondly, like you're the coach. This is, this is what just like, it boggles my mind when I see... Like for me, the coach more than anything else, or what is important in a coach, isn't necessarily the kind of like tangible, like whatever League of Legends hocus pocus that that you want to provide as a coach. It's like you're going to be coaching people who are probably still teenagers. Now, most of your roster is going to be really, really young, and that's something we forget about professional players. They're really young, you know. That they're they're, they're generally most of them are probably under the age of twenty. Uh, and, and more important than anything else, you've got to be a role model. Like, these people don't know how to act. They're, they're still learning how to... That Not only are they young, but the type of people who become professional players are people who spend a lot of bloody time not around other people learning how to be 
socially adept human beings. You know, these people aren't good at anything social, really. Or in, in general, I'm obviously stereotyping a bit here, but you've got to spend a lot of time, invest a lot of time into league to get good at league, enough to become a professional player. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, that's it's just the reality where these people are. They're immature and they're they need guidance, you know? And, and I'm just like, how can you have a coach that is that much of a dick? Like that—that uh, that is just the complete opposite of what a coach should be in my eyes. And it's like, why going back a little bit to vitality? I haven't heard any of those rooms deep enough into the LCS connections to know who's a knob and who's not really. Um, but it's, it's like with your master cannon, a lot of what I think his uh, benefit is to the Vitality roster. If you don't know who Mark can in his chat, he's he's the coach of uh, of Vitality. Uh, is, is he 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 fronts a very confident, mature kind of personality, right? And he's he's only twenty two. Like he's he's not he he acts a lot older than he is, and I think that's the kind of role model that uh, honestly for for a, a team like Vitality who has personalities on them much less so now Gilius is gone but still still got personalities I think that's important honestly to have that kind of role model who's just like okay lads what are you doing being monkeys let's yeah. grow up a little bit you know do, do we know why the the different ruling was in place for Shurnfire versus the other uh, players because that seems really weird to me I don't know uh, if they did they address wasn't it more that? racial he, that's what I understood was it was yeah. more racial and it was with regards to play in teams. I don't know how many of the people on this uh, list were in the play in stage. Okay, yeah. It, so in, this is, yeah, it says it's their... different because each of these competitive, then like Svenskaren, Rhodes, and Yodas, and Sharon Fires, because uh, each of these competitive rulings followed racist or culturally insensitive statements. While we certainly believe griefing teammates and intentionally feeding is an appropriate behavior from a professional player, none of these, none of the contact at issue in these levels rose to this level of punishment. Okay, so it's because uh, it's not, yeah, the racial stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, on the topic of these punishments being too light, uh, do you think you would have wanted to see like higher fines or like uh, suspensions and stuff like that, Kelby? Uh, I personally would like to see uh, I don't have greater context into the exact logs and report rates and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I certainly think at a minimum, the fines need to be much more significant. And uh, for somebody like Uve, who has a private previous offense and went through 100 games with a 70 percent rate, um, I would be fine with that guy being out of the event. Totally. Uh, and I think that depending on the degree to which these players were toxic and the number of games, like Riot has much better visibility into that and can completely justify. Uh, I think that uh, game suspensions would definitely be warranted in certain circumstances. It sounds like Uzi could have been there. You you cannot put people above their role as actors in the game, I think. Uh, it's ri- And it needs to be... It needs to be stressed on them. Like, and I know that Riot does this training with players. They did it as early as season two when we first got into, or, or sorry, season three, when we first got put into LCS, we had media training with Riot and they impress upon us uh, the importance of being good actors and behaving well in solo queue and acting responsibly on social media. 
you have to put responsibility on the organizations and players to uphold this, especially at this point in the year. So I think that game suspensions would totally be in line. Yeah, um, I but at, at a minimum, you have to do way more significant fines. Like these players get paid so much money. You're like you're not doing anything to them. Yeah, you know, well, it's it's a joke. Probably one of one of my questions is what message does this send to people who haven't gotten the warning yet? That, oh, it's okay, I'll pay 1500 bucks and get a warning if I ever get caught, and then I'll just be okay. Like, as yeah. long there's no threat to anybody who hasn't had this happen to them yet. Certainly there's a threat to the people who've been caught. But because they've gotten a warning, and now obviously they know that the next time is, like, in trouble. But for people who haven't, like, who, who go to Worlds for the first time next year and are feeling frustrated in solo queue, they're like, whatever, it's like 2K, it's fine, it's whatever. Like... Yeah. Yeah. It just feels a little weird too with like the global nature of league esports and the salaries being so different. Like it feels like fifteen hundred dollars to Korean, NA, and maybe even EU and Chinese, excuse me, players might sound like nothing, but like for maybe an LMS player or like an emerging region player, that's like you know Yeah, it could be more significant. Could could be nearly like a half month salary out of there. So like it it feels weird. Not I don't know what you would do about it but like well, some you can a lot of other sports they, they do a percentage of salary right right, right. yeah you know, as well they do a, it's a percentage of their of their salary yeah but like those that. are all so like the, the reason those work is because there's a cba and everyone's salaries are public like if uzi has a personal sponsorship and makes you know a hundred thousand dollars a year off something like that like riot can't touch that money realistically yeah. You, yeah, but you could at least make it scaling off of the guaranteed compensation from the league for the the right, exactly. players and that. Yeah, that's so. a good point. Yeah. All right, uh, we've got a lot to get through. Uh, Kyle zero eight zero eight. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, oh, Nick Allen says players signed off on the fine schedule. Interesting. Nick, you should come on the show. Talk. Join, I would sign off it. on that fine schedule too. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So they, they specifically knew what they were at risk because they signed off on it. Kyle0808, thank you so much. Do you have anything you want to shout out or say at the end here? No, thanks, guys. Uh, keep up the, the good shows. Yeah, thank you so much for the support, man. That's very generous of you over the past two days. So, uh, and, and before that, even MSI. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. Maybe I'm the mystery sponsor. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Thank you. See you guys. Okay, Nick, do you want to come on? Can we get, can we get Nick to say if he's, he's going to come in? That'd be good. Um, I, I've messaged him a couple times in, in Twitch chat. And he just yeah, I don't know. I think he's AFK on, or he, he pops in and out of Twitch chat. But Nick Allen, Nick Allen, if you're hearing this, if you hear this coming through your your speakers, please let us know. Will you come on the show? Your your refrigerator's running or whatever. Uh, what? He says, I'm is here. Running? Join Discord, Nick Allen. Is he, is he in Discord? He, oh, says, he says he's in Discord. You need to join a text, a voice channel, so I can pull you in. Yeah. He's been on this show before. Why is he struggling getting on I don't here? Know. It's, <laughs> he's probably had a couple of glasses of whiskey or something. I don't, I don't know. Um, all right, we're almost, we're almost here. Here, I'll just. Oh, he's he's in the channel. He's in Pleb Calls too. Bring, bringing him in. Where is he at? All right, you got him. Nick Allen. What's good? Un- unmute yourself, Nick Allen. Hello. <laughs> You're just mooing when you join. Um, hello. hello. Yes. Hello. Hi. hello. Nick Allen, can you please state your name and title for the call for the show? 
Uh, my name is Nick Allen, and my title is Mystery Sponsor. Okay, okay great. Oh, Nick is personally <laughs> funding the show. We finally revealed it. You guys, you continue to create such incredible content yeah. that I had to get involved. Nick, I did not know that your salary levels would allow you to spend 100000 per episode, but that is super cool. I have, <laughs> It is a first of its name sponsorship. So I really well, Mark Z is a, is a tough negotiator. <laughs> yeah. Came in. yeah. Those Madison Square Garden guys just love me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he's like, look, if you give me enough money, I'll be super biased towards N.A. Yeah. in every way. Yeah. Didn't take. Yeah, that was easy. He's, um, all up, he's all up his end of the bargain. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, Nick, what can I what can I be helpful with? Yeah. In this situation. What is your I, are you comfortable sharing your personal opinion about the fines? The fines? Yeah. Well, like the rulings well, against the, the players and stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Uh, I guess I was surprised by people's surprise because the fine schedule out. Now, with that being said, is the NALCS fine schedule. Um, but as people know, I think like NA and Central are pretty closely affiliated in general. Um, when you say Central, Central is the part of Riot Central's that oversees. Like the, yeah, the yeah, it's like stuff. Central. They oversee everything that touches multiple regions. When it's when it's multiple regions, it ends up rolling into the Central the central unit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like it's aligned with NA. If you look at this fine schedule, it says $2,000 and or suspension. I think it says four game suspension. So there's an, a very key or in there. So like, I don't think it is all that surprising that this came out. Now I think there's a, like a difference between what's happening now and what happened several years ago. But your time to be upset of that was when the fine schedule was originally released. Not, I think it's been like two years since that thing was out. Right. So I just think like the time is, has passed for that argument though. You can hold that opinion, but again, like there's no expectations have been set for the most part. I well, think. I mean, you could argue that a lot has changed in the past two years and maybe it's disappointing yeah. that the fine schedule is not kept up with it. Right. That they haven't updated it. No, that- that's a completely separate argument, though, to be making, and that's and that's a fair one to potentially make as player salaries have increased dramatically since yeah. that time. But I think that also that would lead into an argument around uh, how fines in general generally have a greater impact on the have-nots versus the haves, right? Like top players and top teams can easily afford a 2K fine, and that's like a different point to bring up yeah. um whereas again like to mark's earlier point emerging regions smaller teams newer teams are all gonna you know be more challenged by like that level of fine so but again these are all separate arguments over the fact that like that this thing was too light so i think the i think it was perfectly aligned with expectations that were set and Nick, I think that's as a as a league operator that's like the most important thing to to do. And actually, you know, as during my time at Riot was one of my biggest regrets, not setting some expectations and standards earlier. Nick, do you, you used to be the guy who everyone memed about fines. So in a sense, you are perhaps the fine <laughs> expert. Um, do you, do you think that like, okay, you, you didn't used to have a fine schedule when you were there and you had right. to kind of come up with your own perception of this stuff. Do you think that, you know, if, if the fine schedule didn't exist, would you have approached the uh, the rulings against all these players in the same way? 
Because it does feel like this is lighter than what was the case at Riot in the past. Yeah, I think the things that we always kept in mind was the biggest thing is precedent, like what is done before. But again, with this was without like a schedule and expectations being set, but always looking back as to like, what have we done in the past? Is this in line with, with, with what we've done? And then the second point to the earlier conversation, uh, is this in line with the state of the ecosystem, both from like a financial perspective or otherwise? So those are like the two things. So I don't, you know, I think if there wasn't a fine schedule, you look back like, Hey, the expectations for this or the precedent for this is like, we have, people have been banned from competing in leagues and potentially that's that's what you do but again like you you set expectations you talk with like a bunch of the stakeholders in the ecosystem the players the team owners the the league runners everybody to come up with this thing and uh and usually people you know come around on this is the expectation this is everyone's bought in yeah do you uh final question here uh unless anybody else has something they want to throw in there but uh what what are you are you surprised at the lack of suspensions because you're saying you're you're not surprised because this is in line with the fine schedule there was the option for them to suspend uh that did not happen at all so why are you surprised at all that there's no suspension that's a good question um the implications of a suspension are absolutely massive both from a competitive integrity perspective and a viewership perspective. Like, I'm not sure who wins in a, in a situation in which someone is suspended like that. Um, I guess, like, integrity and maybe the losers would be account sellers because, or whatever. I don't, I don't know what happened. But, um, yeah, I think no one really wins. So I'm not surprised heading into Worlds that something like this happened. Um, that it, or, or rather didn't happen because I ultimately, yeah, I do think it's, it's, it makes for a better tournament for this person to be in. Yeah. I, I feel like the future of the game and the competitive scene wins because I, I'm afraid now that they've set a light precedent as you've stated, uh, and this is not an effective deterrent. And if, if we see the same thing happen next year, nobody's at risk of any suspensions. Nobody's at risk of any, serious fines unless the fine schedule changes yeah uh and there's there's no reason for this behavior to change because if somebody gets suspended next year they'd say what the fuck last year you had 12 of these cases none of them got suspended and yeah. i by the logs or by the information they were willing to release it seems like a lot of this was really bad especially in uzi's case where it was not only toxicity but account sharing and done in a like you know, like in a malicious state where previously like that has received uh, some really, really harsh penalties and Riot has come down really hard on people. Mm -hmm. So now, like next year, what happens? I think I think those are that's a solution when there is a systematic problem versus a one off case. Like if it went in and like Riot was looking was like there's actually 30 players who have you know, botted accounts or whatever, like this is a problem that is really bad. Um, if that starts I, to become a systematic problem, I think you, you start to have to really crack down. And so I think to, to address the point, if you're right, I think what you do is you, you do this one time. If it becomes really bad, then you make an ultimatum and you say, hey, from here going forward, because this is such a key issue, 
uh, we're going to be like doing permanent suspensions or like long-term suspensions. I think that you give people a chance and then you, you drop the super deterrent and that allows you to maintain like top players or just players in the league in general with like good expectations around what the implications are while also being able to deter this type of behavior going forward. But it's super complex because you don't want to ban out your whole league or you don't want to, um, you know, ban anyone, honestly, because it's bad for everybody. These people that get two year bans when your ban effectively ruins their, can ruin their whole career. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, it's, it's a bit of like you get to have your cake and eat it too. I think. I, I think that if you, if I were Riot, setting the precedent with Uzi for a game suspension at least is totally is the best of both worlds because that team is making it out of groups regardless of whether or not they have Uzi for one game, mm-hmm. and uh, or or even multiple games. Um, and uh, you say to people, hey you do this, we will suspend you for games. And we've set a precedent for being able to suspend you for games. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas now, like, like this comes off so light to me. Like, I, yeah, and I, I say that I think that 12 is like, I know that it's one time window, but 12 instances speaks to me of a systematic problem. When you uh, have this elongated time period mm-hmm. that nobody is getting checked on, nobody's getting checked with, checked in on or is this, uh, and, yeah, this is including the behavioral stuff that you're just yeah saying. okay cool yeah, yeah yeah well so one of the things and, I, but, and know, we can we should wrap this up too because we got five okay, more callers okay. to go but okay so cool I'll, I'll jump off i'll just say one last thing i don't disagree with you kelby like a one game potentially could have been an option to set an ex you know set a precedent but also uh also satisfy other goals but i would mm-hmm. say that is a very different perspective than like a two-year ban which we had seen you know, a few years ago. Right. Um, like, I think, uh, so anyway, just to address that it is, it is very, very different, um, perspective on how you should approach these things. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'll wrap, I'll jump off. You guys got a bunch of colors. Foxtrot. What's up, dude. Nice to talk with you. Catch you later. Hey buddy. How's it going? See you, Nick. <laughs> See, you guys. See you guys. Thanks for coming yeah. in, dude. All right, cool. Moving on. Thanks to Nick for the last minute, by the way, everyone it's late. Nick's tired, you know, give him a, he came in last minute. So thanks, Nick's for doing that. And uh, everybody be nice to him. Um, all right. Uh, moving on to the next caller. I uh, got a couple shout outs. Boba Cola gifted a sub to nice try Ian and a Lear. Uh, Twisted Truth subbed Fool on a Hill for three months. Uh, Eleven Tate gifted a sub to Foxdrop. Congratulations, Foxdrop on your sub. It's the best oh, gift somebody can give. Nice, Think about that going into the holiday season. <laughs> That's a great thing. Uh, Teehezen, Tunked, Tesset, eighty eighty, Penguin Coach, Missley, and Luna Bumblebee Tuna with nine whole months. Thank you, Luna Bumblebee Tuna. Uh, we got our next caller on the show, an arbiter. An arbiter. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from uh, Mason, Michigan, just south of Lansing. Mason, Michigan. Very good. What do you uh, What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, I want to talk about NA's chances and why 100 Thieves has the best chance for NA to get out of groups. Oh my fuck. All right, let's go, dude. We're doing this call now. All right. No, no. Yes. A few days ago, I would have said this is the spiciest topic, but okay, okay. Look, looking into the meta, how, I'm how keeping it is an evolved, open mind, just so you know, how it has evolved at worlds. It's very much a top lane jungle centric meta okay. where as in the NA playoffs, it was very much around the bot, bot lane jungle synergy, bot lane mid jungle synergy. 
Um, Sunday is, in my opinion, sorry, I'm sorry. It's very late right here. No, 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 go for it. It's just okay. Don't worry. Fine. It's I'm letting I'm letting. Kelby's putting a lot of Kelby's putting a lot of pressure on you. Don't worry. You're good. Just uh, so someday you were saying someday. Uh, Of the top winners NA has at World, someday has the highest chance to pop off and carry. I agree with that. And 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 while not the best jungler NA can have, has an easy win condition with camping for Sunday. I think, I think I do think Fnatic is a lock for number one in that group, and I think people are underplaying the Shy's injury. Very good. Uh, Twitch chat, be nice. Um, Foxdrop, uh, before before I let uh, Kelby go crazy on this, you 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 weren't you didn't talk too much in the last couple of calls. So why don't, why don't we let you? What do you think is an outsider? Uh, I feel like, oof. Uh, well, okay. So for hundred thieves to get out of that group, either Fnatic or IG have to chip the bed and relying i mean only one of them has to you know you only have to finish two right you don't have to finish the one but if mr caller from michigan here says that uh fnatic's a lot for top one that means uh ig is gonna fall out right yeah uh go ahead i think the shy's recent wrist injury is going to play a lot into his ability to keep up with the other top laners i think that's a way that soaz can at very least, keep that stable enough for Reckless to potentially catch up, catch up with uh, what I would call IG's incredibly question mark heavy bot lane. And I do think that Caps can go toe to toe with Rookie, even though I do think Rookie overall is a better mid laner. I think that Broxa is a better jungler. How do you feel about Ryu going up against Rookie? Um. <laughs> I, I I like Ryu's chances against Rookie better than I like Impact's odds against EDG. Okay, but that's not the question that I'm asking. <laughs> well, well, he's saying the no, question but he's, I'm asking. He's saying I mean, it's Ryu? fair for him to say that, right? Because his argument is Hunter T's the best chance, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, no. Yeah. All right. That's that's no. fine. Except that. Uh, Oh man, I just uh like... I also disagree with that because Ray <laughs> is mostly on tank duty, which is exactly what Impact wants to play. Uh Yeah, but Impact has a lot of his stuff about neutralizing the top lane. I'm especially with how Cloud9 react to the meta. Well, I'm saying the Lissandra pick was a good pick, but I'm not entirely sure that Cloud9 had a good read on the meta. It they're in group B, so they're completely fucked. Sorry. Um, um, sorry. Impact, no, that's fine, that's fine. Impact has built his thing about neutralizing top lane, preventing teams from getting advantage. I I don't see it happening against KT. I think KT is a solidly put together team. And while EDG has some question marks, TL's in- game plan is to win in double lift bucket. And I don't, I've not. From what I've seen of world so far in the current meta, I'm not impressed with the condition that ADC is in. Uh, Kaisa has a pretty insane win rate. See if people give that to him. Is Peter a Kaisa him. player? Not really. Is it is it <laughs> I, true though? He just, got the first ever penta on Kaisa. Is it true though I'm that being sarcastic? Well. Um, I I think you banned Kaisa and I double. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Is it I just so 
Is it true that, by the way, just sorry, is it true that uh, World's Meta is straying towards the top lane? Uh, it's Luxtrop? weird because the two strongest picks in the meta, I would argue, outside maybe Kaisa, are Aatrox and Urgot. And in planes, we saw those left up all the fucking time, and that's somewhat of a skill matchup. And so, you know, people have different opinions on which one it's slightly favored for, but either way, it, it can go either way. And People keep leaving it up, and then the better player absolutely butt blasts the, the worst player, and it feels like the top lane is deciding a ton of these games. But when you ban those two out, it actually becomes a really standard controlled game. Uh, and so, like, you start worrying about getting your bot lane ahead, and you have a lot of, for the most part, control mages. There are still some assassins in the mid lane. Mid lane pool is pretty pretty open, but like, it's not like mid lane is like one v nining like it has in previous seasons, and it, it feels like. If you ban out the to carry's top, which feels like there's only about two that you have to really ban out, then it becomes a bottling focus meta. Hmm. See, here, here's something that I I'll bring up here as well. I'm I'm gonna argue with you, Mr. Officer here. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on your side. So it's two v two here. Okay, that's fairer. <laughs> so I would say two two points I want to make here. Firstly, world's meta always changes and adapts during the course of the tournament. We see that time and time again. I remember I can't remember exactly what year it was in, but there was one year when Janna was just like out of nowhere ban suddenly she's like pick ban uh i think it was season four maybe i can't remember either way it happens right we, we see so maybe we'll see something come up that is like a, a third player here in that ergot uh, atrox top lane game right maybe there will be something that comes out someone decides like oh i know actually cled is ridiculously good into one of these guys or, or some whatever i'm changing it but you know what i mean maybe something develops there that then changes the way that it goes and uh 100 thieves someday uh, and even team liquid impact like those guys are really good it's specifically someday here okay I, i'll focus on someday as well because if we're going to say that shy's injury his his physical injury is a problem there is one thing i will say though the Cody Sun saga that happened during the playoffs with the Hundred Thieves. That's always going to be a question mark here. And, and let me pose a question to the entirety of this of this show here and you guys Twitch chat that are listening. What do you think hurts more? A physical injury, an injured hand, or an injured heart? <laughs> and my question is, Cody Sun. <laughs> He's coming into the group stage. Uh, this might sound like I'm arguing against myself here, but that depends what region you're from. <laughs> I'd you say an, an NA broken heart. Um, we've seen week two NA. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> yeah. Can you, the other is question that? is, can you sub out a broken heart? Because Duke is still on the roster and he's still good. Um, mm -hmm. That's actually something I've been trying to look up. I, as far as I can tell, 100, 100 Thieves... Um, Substitute isn't stated anywhere. I've, I'm checking League of Legends. It's, it, it's Rakara, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's in Korea uh, okay. boot camping for the most part. And I think uh, the, one, one of those Track the Pro things, I think I saw Rakara had more. I'm, I'm probably going to fuck this up, so I, I shouldn't just say it. But I, I thought I saw Rakara was playing more games or, or less games of solo queue or something. Yeah. Okay. Which so. would imply that he's in scrims. Ah. Right, but I think I'm. I don't remember if I'm getting this right, so don't put no one put any stock in that. I okay. I can forget what I saw. So it is the eighty eighty carry sub. All right. Yeah. So if if Cody Sun 
like falls off the deep end, I think you can put in Rikara. He didn't look completely awful in NA playoffs. <laughs> That's high um, praise. Yeah. In, stuff. Fair, <laughs> in, fair, in fairness, he went against Doublelift. So I, I don't know how much weak stock can be put into that. But Big, big drop off Doublelift to Reckless. Yeah. And Jackie Love. Oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah. Jack, I have Jack. I think Jack. I think Jackie Love's 17. It said, was said earlier. I think nerves will play an issue. Whether it'll play enough of an issue for 100 Thieves to actually get out of groups uh, will obviously be like to be seen. But I still think with Jackie, with Jackie Love having the potential for nerves, with the shy having his injury, and in my opinion, you having that win condition that you can go through the top lane and play for late game possibly with Cody, Cody Sun in the bot lane, 100 Thieves has a better chance of getting out of the groups than TL. All right, I've let you guys go on for long enough about this. Let's bring this back to reality for just a quick moment, okay? So, like, if we are just going to generally look at this on its simplest terms, we are, it sounds like we are comparing TL's odds against EDG versus uh, 100T's odds against IG, right? I think that across, like, the group, most people would consider IG to be the stronger Chinese team right now than EDG, right? So TIA or 100T has to beat the tougher Chinese team. And then if we're comparing 100T to TL in their most recent, most recent performances, there's a fucking ocean between them, okay? Like the matches that I watched, 100T play in playoffs and in the gauntlet, uh, compared to, or sorry, not in the gauntlet, uh, 100T play on playoffs uh, versus like TL, they are so far apart. Like TL completely smashed that region and 100T didn't even like get there to face them. So mm -hmm. I, I, like you, I could understand like if you're making the argument that the meta, like, you know, the meta is changing and, you know, like there's going to be these unique matchups and intricacies that, that make up this slight disparity where these guys are going to edge ahead. But that's not the case. The case is that 100T is batting from, like, so far behind. They have so much to make up that I don't think that there is the time or, like, skill on the team for them to gulf the ocean that needs to be crossed in order for them to beat the stronger Chinese team to get out of groups. I expect... 100T to get smashed. I expect, uh, I think 100T could end up last in their group. I was about to ask, Kelby, <laughs> now that we know specifically who's in their group, and we've seen G-Rex play in play-ins, right. how confident are you in G-Rex versus 100 Thieves? I, I mean, oh god, I uh, I just, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but I, I don't think there's any chance that 100T makes it out, and as we discussed on previous shows, and as, uh, you know, Foxtrot said earlier, I think it necessitates a Fnatic or IG collapse, which probably I, is more likely to be Fnatic. And then 100T needs to walk in. And what the one thing that 100T has going for them, I will say, is that they are probably in a complete no fucks given state of mind, which is really helpful for Worlds. Like you go out, you don't have a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations. Their entire previous like last heist episode was like, 
woe is us. Nobody expects us to do good. Blah, blah, blah. We don't deserve worlds. First off, I do think 100T does deserve worlds. I don't think they are the third best team from the region, but they do deserve to go to worlds. Um, but they will. They can go out and they can play their game probably without a lot of stress and, you know, maybe get some momentum, catch people off yeah. guard. It's best of ones. That's I don't think it'll happen. And in terms of G-Rex, I, I saw the play-ins. I watched every game. The only play-in team I have any kind of confidence in to perform is EDG. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same for the most part. I, like, you, you, G-Rex looked good smashing what I would say is a lesser... When you're having a lesser skill matchup, you're either saying a bunch of the of what we'd call wild card region stepped up, or we're saying that these teams were not much better than that. What do you guys think? We, we need to wrap this up. But go for it. Yeah. Uh, well, this is a larger question. Just go for it. And we'll <laughs> give short gonna, answers. Sure. Sure. I would, I'm curious to know, like, what do you think a hundred T's attitude for boot camping and preparation for this event has been? By the way, uh, I somebody, think, in, I think, Chef Wiredy in Twitch just says, man, this new intro for the heist is super good. <laughs> I think that they're a team of veterans with a coach who has been to Worlds, a bunch of players who have been to Worlds. I think I expect them to have a very professional approach to preparing for Worlds. So you think I, they're I, motivated? I think if there is an NA coach that could get that team motivated, it, was, it would either be Kane or Prawley. And probably happens to be the coach of under team. I've got a question. Is probably an NA coach or an EU coach? Ooh. He's an NA coach. Is, uh, do you want him? He's a coach. Not really, but Whoa. I mean, he's more like <laughs> no, I, I should rephrase. That wasn't the question I was asking. <laughs> it's more like he got his feet wet in EU, right? So is Bjergsen an NA talent? Mm. That was uh, nah mate, I can't. He say did you. not he did not get his feet wet in europe he got his feet wet being a complexity player playing annie of course in north america we didn't and ziggs we i remember fondly yes. but we, uh, as we a coach <laughs> we didn't think we wanted probably and then he went to freaking eu and h2k was a thing yeah. Yeah. people say sometimes that i look like probably by the way i can see that a little bit you're yeah. far you're too good looking a, you're a that. more handsome british yeah, yeah, no offense to probably probably's also a good looking dude you're a more handsome dude. <laughs> yeah. I I do I do think hundred thieves benefits from having extremely low expect extremely low expectations. Yeah. Teams probably yeah. haven't prepped as much, and I do think as much as IG is better, I do think their physical injury physical injury on the shy, uh, and because of that, an easier way to possibly deal with rookie and pick ban, and a unproven on an international stage Jackie Love hundred T has a better chance of dealing. Of dealing with IG than FTL. That I need it. Sorry, go ahead. I'm I'm hoping for I'm hoping for TL. I'm I'm a double a fanboy, but I I don't see it. The final thing I'll say about the whole coming in as underdogs, like Kelby was kind of alluding to, it can go too far. We're like, yeah, it's nice on stage when people don't respect you and you have nothing to worry about, but like the month long of practice leading up to it can fucking destroy you. Yeah, if you don't respect your own odds. Yeah. All right, cool. Hey, All thank right. you. I'm remembering your name so I can come back to this. An arbiter. When uh, groups go the the way they go. An arbiter. I will say this. Oh, yeah. I uh, I I thank you for coming on the show because I think you had a unique take and I think that your argument was 
uh, fair one. I don't know. I mean, it's a stretch in a lot of areas, but at least you had something to back it up. Or sometimes people call in and they're like, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, thank I, you so much. I, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Well. No, I, I really appreciate it. These yeah. are the best calls for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. Uh, so we got ten minutes and three calls, so we're gonna have to power through it. Um, that guy was fucking high. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you, Y. Soros, uh, a Vicious Vegan, Ramisher, Trout, VR, Gavosis, and Mighty Wonka. Hopefully we got an EU call, because I feel like Foxtrap, we're, we're, we're having a hard time keeping them awake. It's, it's closing in on, uh, what, 6 a.m.? You, you have a long time to go until yeah. these games start. Yeah, you can take a nice three-hour nap. Yeah, yeah, pound nap. Yes. Uh, what is it, Fallen Time? Fallen Time is here. Where are you calling from, Fallen Time? I am calling from Wapaka, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. We got a lot of uh, interesting states coming in. Uh, what do you want to talk about, Fallen Time? Uh, I want to talk about how G2 will get out of the group stages thanks to Hardman. All right, here we go. Basically With- because of the Heimerdinger ban. I love right. the back-to-back. We've got, we had Hunter T in the last one. Uh, Mark, you, you time these well, and then yeah. G2 in this one. Before I let Foxdrop grab this one, Foxdrop, can you help uh, with the pronunciation of Hjarnin or Hjarginin? Oh. Hjarginin? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's, uh, I mean, honestly, if you look at his birth certificate, it's probably written Hjarginin, but uh, I don't think, I think... I think his mother, when he tucks him into bed at night, good night, sweet Hjarginin. I don't, it doesn't sound right, you know, so... <laughs> yeah, I think it's Hjarginin. Yeah. All right. It's tough to say true. for sure. Wait, did you, did the caller did you say Hyogenin? I said Hyogenin. Oh Jesus! I didn't. I that went straight over my head, and I was like, "This must be a Wisconsin one." Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've, had, I've had like three beers at the moment, so I'm all good. All nice. good. Let's go. People should always That's drink fair. while watching I, the show. I, you know, I will. I feel Hyogenin's Heimerdinger. <laughs> is definitely an asset for that team. Anytime you get a free band, that's always something. Uh, what's his face? Sven was very public uh, with some comments about how everyone is way underrating Kjardin and his capabilities on on this team. But uh, for me, what I'm more looking at is if you're looking at one team's expectations and how they will succeed, you have to look at the competition's expectations and how they will fail. And for me, I think when you've got Flash Wolves and Afrika being those two uh, most likely teams to be to be the top two of that group, right? Uh, Flash Wolves last year, 2017, dumpster fire. And to me, I think that team was better than, than this team, personally, because uh, they had Caster, and Caster is arguably one of the best jungles in the world. Uh, so that could happen again. You know, they have there's a precedent there for that team to collapse and, and fold on, on the world stage. Uh, also, on top of that, I think Afrika is, is the weakest LCK team in at Worlds. Uh, I think... Being the weakest Korean team at Worlds doesn't mean you're a weak team. There's probably five or six teams in the LCK that could come into Worlds and, and get out of group stage. Uh, but for me, I think Afrika is just like... I I'm just not... I'm not 100% convinced uh, by that. You know, I wrote some. I wrote a few notes down because I knew some, some, some random dickhead would come on this show and say... <laughs> who's going to get out of groups and i was like i've got to be prepared for this one so for me this is a difficult one to predict right just this group in general and, and it's because uh of of africa so if i scroll down to my notes here okay actually i didn't write anything about africa fuck that but i did write <laughs> something about Fong <Fong-Fu> Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you can cut that part out of the vod, right? You don't have to. Well, we don't. We don't make edits. <laughs> Travis has no effort for editors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe the mystery sponsor can pay us from editors. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Just throwing that one out there. Uh, but but on so I reckon 2016. Cast your mind back, okay? I know it was a long time ago, but 2016. Albus Knox Luna. You guys may have heard of this team. Yeah. World of Warcraft Legion had just come out. I was spamming the shit out of that game back when WoW was, was a good video game. Uh, and I was watching it at not six in the morning because it was a, a bit more generous timings for me to watch Worlds back then. Albus Noxuna destroyed in the group stage. They went four and two and had to play a tiebreaker with Roxanne. I know where this is going. <laughs> okay. Well, you know more than I do because I don't know what I'm going with this. No, <laughs> no, 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 I, just, I just turning path leads so they they, they beat Rocksigers in the group stage they, they beat them and Rocksigers went on to go uh, and play SKT in, in the finals and, and lost in the best of five so Rocks weren't a crap team by any means they were a good Korean team and even coming into the tournament everyone thought they were a good Korean team I was not sort of surprised everyone to even get into the group stage through the play-ins I believe but either way they got out of the group stage they, they beat G2 and, and CLG I think in that group the point is wildcard teams you can't write them off nowadays. I think that they are actually a lot... In best of ones, there's always a chance that, let's say, to wrap on to the point that Mr. Calder's making here, form with Buffalo, they nick a game off of off of Afrika. Could totally happen. Or Flash Wolves. And then if G2 like split games with everyone, and then like, if they split games with Flash Wolves or Afrika, and then you know they beat form with Buffalo, suddenly they're looking like they're the number two team, right? So... I think that it's a team that you can't necessarily write off. Having said that, now now that I have said that, sorry for all the Vietnamese fans out there, I've jinxed your team. They're going to go zero and six, whatever it is in the group stage. <laughs> but generally speaking, I, I think if it's going to happen, if a Korean team is going to disappoint people in the world stage, in the group stage, it's the Afri- Afrika Freaks. I, I love the picture you painted. There's so many similarities to that 2016 Group A, because uh, they were really volatile. Rocks Tigers, like they they mm-hmm. played a lot of carry tops. They were kind of trolly, a little crazy. I wouldn't say Africa is quite as trolly, but they played carry tops. Sometimes that backfires. They were a little erratic in their own region. Uh, wow, also just came out with a new expansion. If you remember okay. back then, Albus Knox Luna was saying that they couldn't get scrims, so they were just playing Wow. <laughs> And yep. so I think what I think where Fox uh, drop was going was to tell G2 in Funfu Buffalo to not actually play league, but to play the new WoW expansion. Yeah. Just saying it could work. It, we were talking about the, with fines and precedents and how this word precedent is it's a very important word. We we're hanging on to it very much. Uh, and hey, I just want to say there is a precedent for World of Warcraft increasing of chances of winning a world. Just <laughs> well, that's why Cloudman's going to do great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's only like it's working right now. Maybe it scales with the quality of the expansion. Hey, yeah, uh, fall time, fall time. I'm very sad because you wanted to call in and argue how G2 was going to make it out. We didn't talk about G2 at all in this. We just talked about their opponents. <laughs> but we oh, don't have okay. much time we left. Do you, we don't have much time <laughs> left. Do you have, you have an argument you want to make on the way out? I just want to say, like, I mean, how the Heimerdig man's going to be good. I mean, you got a band, Kali, Atrox. Hopefully, Kaisa Urgad. If they don't, uh, they don't ban the Heimerdinger. Okay, you get the Heimerdinger. 
And if they crush it, they crush it. And then you crush G-Tube's hopes and decent chunk of Europe's uh, hopes and dreams of getting out. But I think that Hardon will, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Close they're, they're 80 carry. They're 80 carry. I mean, you're drawing a band. It's it's a QSS band. You're just going to be good no matter what. Very good. Thank uh, you so much. So, yep. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Before I grab the next caller, two things I want to hit on really quickly. I actually think he has a very legitimate point about the Heimer band. Watching the G2 series uh, versus, oh my God, who'd they play? Infinity. It was tough for them, other teams playing against G2 on red side to not leave like one of the three. Akal is another power pick that gets through, and I think she is a little easier to contain than some of the top lane ones. But like the Heimer band is really annoying because you basically get no red side bands if you're doing Heimer, Aatrox, Urgot. Uh, and so you basically just leave up whatever G2 wants. The other thing is on the Sven point, I always wonder like how much AD people watch compared to casters. Cause I always have like an opposite thing where like, I often have my earpiece out while planning segments and like talking to the people around me. So I don't know what casters are saying. And so like when, when people say like, we're super flaming Kjarn and I'm like, are we like, <laughs> maybe we are, I actually don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's a, if maybe like one or two bad things are said about them or say, oh, that was questionable. Yeah, he's being questionable domestically and with their question marks about whatever, you know, you, you can phrase something like that and then people are like, bam! Yeah, well, Mark said Kjarnan's a piece of shit. Mark <laughs> said Kjarnan's go kill himself. Mark said Kjarnan is competitive, whatever, you know, and people just... That's what, yeah. that's, it explodes, it blows up. And then that's what people... So Sven's... I think Sven is most likely reacting to people's reactions to what they are interpreting from, from broadcast, which might not necessarily be, you know, as accurate. Yeah. And, and to be fair, like Kjarnan in some sense is someone that gets over talked about relative to his position in a play in format, because a lot of times what, what, you know, as the broadcast team we're trying to do is talk about like, how could this team lose to teams that are probably worse than them? And a lot of the times that leads to like a spotlight on like the team's, you know, air quotes, worst player. I think yeah. a lot of people would say Kjarnan is probably the weakest player in G2. Not like he's necessarily bad, but like, like up against Zeitnot, who's supposed to be the best player from Supermassive. Now we see a potential mismatch and da-da-da-da-da. And suddenly, yeah. like, it sounds like we're trying to pin the blame on him. But if you actually watch the segments, we said we were way more disappointed in like Yankos and Perks for not carrying or anything like that. Well, let's move on to the next caller because we've got yep. uh, two more to go. Two more. <clears throat> uh, a couple shout outs really quickly. Thank you to uh, Mighty Wonka, Chef Boyardee 422, and Event Nexus for eight months, and Ramashir for the 100 bits. Uh, should be coming in. How are you holding up, Fox? Drop, you getting tired? Good. No, I'm good. I, I, I was struggling doing the fine segment because I didn't have anything to say. Yeah. And that went on for a while. I mean, that I was, was just like Kelby versus Nick Allen. Should have, <laughs> yeah. should have temporarily <laughs> rebranded. Is it so, like. Sports and Chill is back. King Titan is on the show. King Titan, where are you calling from? I am calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. And thank you for being a Twitch sub. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, I just want to talk about how I don't think Rhea has like a free win for Worlds this year. Like how the first guy was talking about how he was reminding everyone that Rhea was just going to win. I don't think that's really the case. How come? Uh, well, firstly, like I'm looking at 
the groups and I don't think Korea is just like gonna stomp all their groups, like especially Group B. I think Gen G can lose against RNG like without too much effort. And I think if Cloud9 aren't shit and Jensen isn't kind of trolling, he can actually like do something against that team. And so that brings up a world where Korea doesn't even have a team coming out of Group B. And then Group A and C, Ooh, I think... Sorry, I'm, I, I, I hate to interrupt. I never interrupt callers. But you just insinuated the potential of Cloud9, who almost didn't make it out of play-ins, beating Gen G and getting second place in their group. Is that... Yeah, because... Okay. I think... No, sorry. Continue. Continue. No, I got I to gotta answer that one. Because yeah, no, no. Go for, go for it. I think literally the only reason why they were at that point was because they were just playing really, really bad. And it's like, mm. from what I see from these players... They and were what playing bad. Are, let him stop, Kelly. Kelly let him finish. Kelly, Kelly don't interrupt. Man. Man just said he doesn't bad. interrupt. <laughs> this is a good um, one. Sorry, continue. Yeah, so I said they're playing really bad. And from like what I've seen that these players can do, if they're actually playing on form and if they're playing well, I think they can actually take that those games away from Gen G, which would mean there's a possibility they don't make it out of that group. Okay. And then for Group C, like I just really want Team Liquid to win. I mean, they look really strong. KT Roadster is probably that's a tough one to beat. But again, I think like I think for KT Roadster and Afrika Freaks, they're really strong teams, but. I think it is possible for the other teams in those groups to take the games off of them. And if it's a possibility for them to lose games, obviously it's a possibility that they don't even get out of groups. I mean, it's definitely possible. <laughs> it's, it's technically not impossible. I, uh... so which, which Can I ask follow-up questions? Yeah. So which Korean team do you feel like has the easiest path out? Or the most realistic path? Um, the easiest. Yeah. I might give it to Afrika Freaks. I think K2 Roaster <laughs> might be... Like, I like K2 Roaster over Afrika Freaks, but I think mm -hmm. Team Liquid and Edward Gaming are just, like, more of a threat to them. So do you think that Genji has the hardest route? Gen Genji. Sorry, Genji, sorry. Uh, I, honestly, yes, it is hard just because I think RNG, like I said, is a good team that can take the games off them. And I think Cloud9 at their peak, like at their best performance, can do that as well. Whether or not they're actually going to be like that is a whole other story. But if that happens, then I think Genji is looking like they could get third place in that group. Uh, Foxdrop, what are your thoughts on C9 after watching them through play-ins and how they'll stack up versus Vitality to be the team that takes Gen? Right, I was I was gonna say there are a few things here, and one of them is we ain't even mentioned Vitality. They're in this. According to Mark, no one wants to talk about Vitality. Yeah, I know. What's up with that? But I mean, I I think you know Vitality took games off Fnatic even late on into the season uh, when Fnatic were like i really solidify themselves as like really bloody good team right and the way they play it, they, they'll demolish you early and then they'll snowball through that and whatever 
problem with Raitali is if they don't demolish you early, they keep trying to snowball, and it's like, yeah, it just ends up in them losing really bloody hard because they don't have like an off switch, right? But you know, I, I I feel like you know, there's two 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 takeaways I'm going to take for this conversation here between Mr. Caller and Kelby. The honourable gentleman sitting to my left. Uh, I think that Kelby, the way you say "root" is funny. You said "route," which is I find that interesting because us English people say "route," not "route." All right, I'll but if you think myself. about it phonetically, it should be "route," shouldn't it? I mean, it's spelled "route." But we we're say we're running out of time on this episode, so I don't. I don't <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, but the more important thing is, Mr. Caller, I 100% agree with you that the the Koreans. Are not guaranteed anything, and they're absolutely cater roster completely could fall to Team Liquid and Afrika, they're trash. And Genji, <laughs> like, the, it's tough, but that all relies on one thing. And this is something that, uh, in the world that you're painting, that I think is actually going to be a really core cool part of this, uh, and that is the jet lag for these Korean teams. As long as that <laughs> is really high, I completely agree with you. And I think that would all happen. Yeah, they really, they really jet lagged on that train to Busan. Yeah, I right. mean, trains can be tough. It's it's from one corner of the country to the other. It's like going yeah, to LA yeah, to New York. I agree. The jet lag on that train. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I I'd like to go back to your original point, which I agree with. I think that it's not a given that Korea wins worlds this year, and this is probably the most vulnerable. Uh, they've ever seen. Um, I think the biggest way I differentiate between what the caller saying, what Kelby saying is like, when I think of Korea, not winning worlds, I think it has nothing to do with group stage. I think what happens yeah. is like RNG, gets a best of five versus a non-Korean team in quarters has to beat a Korean team in semis and then mm -hmm. beats a Korean team in finals. They have to win two best of fives versus Korean teams. And that's how Korea doesn't win worlds. Not like they all mysteriously flop out of groups or something. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be sick I, if no Korean team made it out of groups in Korea? <laughs> it would be That would be crazy. I'm in sure Korea. that the home crowds would be so enthused. Everybody trying to get a ticket for Worlds in person can't right now. They'd get the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> All the Chinese fans would fly over and buy yeah. the tickets. Yeah. Hey, I know I just, we're running out of time. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Uh, we're, think, we're going long for this one. Please. Is, is, I'll, 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 I'll try and keep it really short. So... Uh, I'll, I'll leave this mostly a mark because you, you've talked mostly about uh, uh, RNG and stuff. So everyone thinks RNG is like the favorites, the number one Korean team coming out. Uh, and, and I've talked a bit about IG and we've touched upon them, but what do we think about IG's chances in a best of five against the Koreans? I think... I think sorry, you go, Kelby. I mean, you know better than I do, certainly. I was going to say, I have a couple like smaller concerns, like... The injury thing, like how well does he stack up? Because Smeb and Keen are really disgusting. And even QV gets like these nasty buffs. So I think all the Korean top laners will largely neutralize like the Shy or D, whoever they, they use. So like I don't think they have advantage in the top lane. Bot lane, I don't think they really have many advantages. And then Rookie is like their one strong point who I could see abusing Crown or Kuro potentially. But like I don't think that's enough in a best of five to. to upset these guys well they, they took rng to, to five games in the, in the summer playoffs. yeah but i felt like rng is a better team fighting team than ig and i think like that's 
ultimately something you're going to need in a best of five. And I think, I mean, like, yeah, they did take them to five, but I didn't feel like, I don't know how to put it. Like, it just didn't look like something that would work as well against the Korean team. I think Ning could, could maybe pop off and that could be like a big snowball factor. Yeah. We're good. Hey, uh, thank you so much, King Titan, for calling in. It is a pretty hot take. Um, and my God, will you get a lot of Reddit karma if you clip this and post it if all that <laughs> shit happens. So hey, thanks so if much. that happens, I want you to get my PayPal and give to your mysterious sponsor so that they can hook me up. I don't, I'm not sure how that's how sponsorship on the, thanks What King happens Titan. if you're wrong? What do we get if you're wrong? Absolutely nothing. Thanks all for right. coming we, in, we King Titan. Have a good one. <laughs> He's gone. All right, let's move on to the next uh, caller, the last, last caller. Last caller. I didn't even get to dismantle his argument. <laughs> we don't have time for you to dismantle all these arguments, Kelby. Well, like he came in and he said the freaking Korean teams might not even make it out of groups. The guys. cloud nine is going to beat these guys. The team that like we we were watching this game, Travis, and we were like, holy shit, is this actually going to happen? Are real they pres- not going to make it through plans? Real prism sword sword. Oh, you got it right. Uh, I'll just say that the takes are getting more and more delusional as the night runs. Okay, well, we're going to end with this one. Real Prism Sword, what do you want to talk or where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from New York City. New York City. Very good. What completely reasonable, wonderful take do you have for us to have a reasonable, good natured conversation about? My super nuclear hot take of the night. And I'm ready for the wall of lulls in chat and that one sneaky lull is that every NA team makes it out of groups, and the sole EU team that makes it out of groups is going to be G2, surprisingly. Okay, but do you actually believe Fox, this, or are you just Fox doing Rob it? just the... slowly dropping down. It, it sounds like I'm just doing anything, but I think the main point that I want to bring out of this, instead of just saying any words, is that people forget the amount of wins you need to get out of groups. And... All the pressures. Sounds on, like, like you forgot we'll, the amount of wins you need to get. Let him go. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll bring it down first. We'll bring it down first because it is. It sounds like I'm just saying words and blah blah blah. But besides that, so to go on the the European part first, where the uh, G2 makes it out. All the pressures on Fnatic, and every single year that G2's been at Worlds, they've had the most expectations, and they've never got out of groups. Like the first time they showed, they went like what one in five, and then they got clowned out. Then the most recent year. They went, I think, three and three it was, and they got, it was like a sad story. Oh, G2 doesn't make it out. But I feel like since everyone sees G2's performance and they're like, wow, like, look at them in playing stage. There's zero chance they'll make it out of groups. I think this is probably their strongest chance and no one cares about them. Okay. But why? You didn't, you didn't say why, you just said I feel with nothing behind it. Well, strategic-wise, instead of just talking about feeling and storylines... Strategic-wise, G2 does have the Heimerdinger ban like strategy where teams are kind of forced to go against it if they don't have strategies prepared against it. And I feel like that's probably G2's strongest chance. Okay. The Heimerdinger ban will get them out. NA pick. Yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> well, I think what's, what's amazing is the only reason G2 gets out of their group is because there's no NA team in their group. I think that's the real takeaway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Yeah, All NA right. secret super region. But anyways, uh, on to the NA takes. And we'll start off with uh, Team Liquid, since that's kind of like the uh, poster boy child of NA right now. Sure. And they are by far the strongest NA team, even though I'm Cloud9 fan myself. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Um, 
KT is mo- is going to take first without a doubt in their group. And I feel like regardless of how well uh, Liquid does against KT, the real takeaways they have to take from this group would be beating EDG and Mad. And EDG conversely was the strongest play-in groups or play-in team uh, compared to Cloud9 who almost got knocked out compared to uh, G2 lost the game going sure. into the groups. And I feel like Liquid, even though NA historically has been a wishy-wash region, sometimes, uh, sometimes Cloud9 is like the sole hope and then they just get knocked yeah, out. Yeah, we don't need the historical one. context. Get through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but Team Liquid proved themselves like originally in NA that no NA team has like standard play even close to them. Like they are the set play team of NA, so to say. So I feel like even though they had uh, the hardest uh, Korean team, in my opinion, uh, in KT Rollsters, I feel like the two wins or the two teams they have to beat to get secure second seed is against EDG and Man. I feel like they can most likely get wins against them. Okay. Now, how do you think that both 100T and Cloud9 are going to make it out of their groups? 100 Thieves and Cloud9 are probably going to be the least convincing NA team. Because uh, people do forget you could get through groups with only three wins. And then you'd have to like go through tiebreakers and whatnot. Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, 100 Thieves is going to go 0 3 in like, the first uh, rotation of play, and then they'll make the miraculous four win runs to get to groups. But I feel like they'll probably get like one wishy washy win against like G Rex of all people. And then, um, then week two, they'll like step it up and then like seed one from group D will be Indictus. And then in like a dramatic tiebreaker fashion against Fnatic, they'll get the win they need to force a tiebreaker. And then in the tiebreaker, they'll just barely scrape by. Like they'll probably be the weakest team in quarterfinals going into it. So, so you're, you're back on the feel thing. You feel this way, but why do you feel this way? Most people, like, with every single caller that's talking in tonight about 100 Thieves, there's just the zero faith and zero pressure. Like, they have the... Yeah, they watch no, their games. Yeah, no pressure in their games. And Cody Sun has lost a group for himself. Remember when he handed uh, Fnatic that win uh, last season when he Tristana ulted them in? I feel like he obviously will not feel... He wants to get that redemption story. He wants to work hard with Hypermoog to <laughs> turn the tide of NA lol. And they'll probably just scrape by with the three wins and then force a tiebreaker. To so get... because Cody's son wants to rewrite his narrative, it's going to carry 100T <laughs> through their group with Correct. some wishy wins? Okay, okay. Cool. Now how, how about Cloud9? What is the Cloud9 narrative? What is the internal struggle that's going to push them past the opponents in their group? Uh, Coach Reaper's belt is pretty strong, and I okay. feel like <laughs> uh, also not as strong as I love Oob's belt, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy is savage. Yeah. Um, joke aside, though, like Cloud Nine's been able to scrape by in groups just by like, oh hey, like we managed to beat SKT, and this guy from a Cloud Nine fan too. So it, it sucks that this is uh, probably Cloud Nine's weakest uh, showing at Worlds so. Um, excuse me, so far. And um, even though uh, this is their weakest showings, I do feel not, man, the feeling word. 
um, play-ins did allow the rookies to get practice for their games, and it sounds like, oh, wow, they, they strategically played five games to the last minute to be able to get as much uh, stage nerves uh, defeated for their rookies. But they have to realistically play, have uh, Sneaky versus Uzi, which sounds like a ho-ho, Sneaky and Lane kind of thing, uh, because... Genji will most likely be the Titan story of Group B. Like historically speaking, like Samsung slash uh, Genji uh, was like uh, like the Korean group stage. Like they are the weakest Korean group. But I feel like not feel again. There we go. Genji, why do you? Why do you? You can say feel, but you have to say why you feel that way. Well, just based on history, Genji has been like the least consistent Korean team in groups. Like, I'm not saying this in like, oh, they just barely scraped by in groups. Like, they obviously, like, stomped groups each time, like, when they were Samsung, and then they, like, they lost to TSM, I think it was, like, a year or two ago. But then, like, they just turned it back up. They're like, oh, yeah, we're Korean. Let's just win. And then they just brought it back. Like, I'm not saying, like, they're gonna, like, falter in groups, like, oh, wow, Genji got last and Vitaly got ahead. But I mean, in terms of, uh, they'll just play standard play. They'll, like, like flop once and then just remember their Korean for the rest of their games. And then Cloud9 has to focus all their games into uh, RNG. So, so who's drop. making it out of that group? Sorry, I want to know who make it out of this group. Uh, Genji, Cloud9 for Group B. Actually, right, my so, pick them. Wait, don't make it out of groups, bro. You're dizzy. <sighs> Okay, this needs to stop. This needs to end. Okay, one thing I'll say to you, mate, you should not be on this call. You should be out writing your anime, all right? First thing I'll say. Second thing, the sun is rising outside my window. It's too late for this shit. I don't know what you're on, but nothing that you said right here has any semblance of cohesion that I am willing to accept in any form where I'm possibly And trust me, I have an active imagination. All right, I'm down for lots of things, but this, this is too much, friend, okay? Seek help. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm from the least bright part of New York. I'm actually from Staten Island, so I kind of explained some of that nuclear takes, but anyway. Uh, well, nobody's, uh, nobody's saying you're dumb, man. I just, uh, I just, uh... I'm just joking, mate. Maybe you have way too much faith. Yeah, you've been eating, you know, way too much a beautiful American apple pie and it's, it's like affecting, you got a little bias going on here. Um, and I think like, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know. You have a lot of feelings, but, um, it, do, it doesn't sound like really if the results came out differently that you would be that surprised because like, you're not, uh, it doesn't seem like you're feeling a lot or, or seeing a lot of, uh, trends, strategic reason, like a recent performance that would indicate that results would go differently than how everybody's expecting, even though you feel that it'll go very different. Um, expecting. That's a fair call out. But I, I do think like out of all the takes like that were just, I just said, like, I feel like mm -hmm. G2 probably is most improved. Like at first in my pickups, I didn't even have G2 making it out. But, um, but I do think blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, Fox Drop, now that we've concluded, do you regret coming on the show on a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10? No, I've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed coming on this show. And I was going to say, if you want me to come on again, I'm more than happy again. I've loved it. It's good shit. Okay. Travis is having <laughs> Tech minor difficulties. issues. I'll, I'll handle this. Uh, Real Prism, thank you so much for the call and ending the no night problem. on a spicy hot take.
Yeah, yeah. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, Again, if you're right, this is the ultimate karma farm. Oh, yeah. I have that Twitch clip ready, and then I'll post it on Reddit. Can you guys, yeah. can you guys hear me? Wherever you guys are in the world. Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, cool. Yeah, we can hear you. Hey, thank you so much uh, for calling in. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I think he I was over. I, I did the wrap-up. Travis didn't need to. No, you did. Um, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't really feel that. Way. I mean, he, re- he feels really feels that way. But he he he's not logically invested in in, in those predictions. Um, well, hopefully not financially invested either. Uh, Twitch chat, don't go anywhere because I'm going to hang out on stream afterwards, and I've got a, a giveaway for you guys. Uh, let's do the wrap up though. Mark, you got any shout outs, plugs, anything you want to say here? Nope. Uh, I'll be. Watching Worlds live, I'll probably go into the LCS studio to shoot the shit with the other people and kick around any ideas I have with them. Kelby? Yeah. Oh, uh, we, uh, sorry, totally forgot. We just put out a soccer video for Offline TV, and you can watch me be the lankiest white motherfucker ever. Kelby? Yeah. I just uh, wanted to say thanks uh, for having me on Foxdrop. I really enjoyed uh, being on the, on the show with you. Uh, I, I, I had never been exposed to your personality or content before, but I think I'll check it out now because uh, I really like your style. Um, and uh, speaking of things, you know, I'll check you out. Uh, some people that you might be interested in checking out. Uh, little EDM group you may have heard of called the chain smokers. Now, if you go and you check the recent songs, they're make they're more making pop music. It's not really my style, but everything that they were doing from like early 2014 through mid 2016 is just absolute fire. Uh, they have so much good stuff. Everything that they made in that era, like defined big room for me. I think you should really check them out. Also, they put out a song with a, Chris Martin, who's, uh, you know, lead singer Coldplay, beloved by uh, many Brits, I would assume. Not saying that you automatically have to love them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you should check them out. No, I've I've heard of the Chainsmokers. They are... And what are your thoughts, Fox Drop? I mean, they're, they're cool, I guess. They're all right. I mean, yeah, great, great band. <laughs> yeah, Chainsmokers. I like them. All right. Well, Kelvy disconnected from Skype call. Kelvy, please come back. You, I need you to fix the, the overlay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Fox drop. Any shouts? Shoutouts? Plugin? Whatever. Oh, I lost no, everybody. I think, How'd that oh, happen? We're all gone. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, 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 I'm back. Yeah. Oh, we're all back. Oh, fantastic. No, what I said before. I've I enjoyed uh, talking loads of rubbish here. It's I. I I think that's what I said to, to Quickshot. In fact, the very first thing I said in my very first LCS broadcast was, you know why I'm here? I'm here to have fun and chat shit. And that's my motto for life, baby. And here I am having fun and chatting shit. And I'm not lying, by the way. You can look it up. That is the first thing I said. So thank you so much for having me. If you ever want me to come back, you know where I'm at. Cool. Well, thank you. Uh, it was super fun having you on. And I, I think you had a, a pretty unique take. Um, and, and when we don't get often here, which is a European take, we, we don't really talk to most of you people, um, but that's okay. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. Best of luck to your teams, uh, at worlds as group stage kicks off in just a little bit. I'm going to hang out on stream for a little bit before I head over to uh, worlds myself. Thanks to Mark and Kelby as well. This has been hotline league episode 48.